Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Michael Dean Show here on Podcast Juice. My name is Michael G. Michael Jean. That's my name. Michael Dean. Am I going to start this over? No, because it's a podcast. It's how it gets sometimes. But joining me today, he just walked in the room as we were just getting ready to start. Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer, how are you? Well, you know, I'm in the afterglow of seeing Shazam and uh, watching your man Steve Stout on 360 deals. Just keep it moving, man. Just keep it uh, moving. Okay. Shout out to Everyday Struggle. Back. <clears throat> Wayno. Also joining us today is Mr. Quentin. Sir, how are you? Oh, I found my mute button. There it is. Doing great, gentlemen. Doing great. One cautionary uh, word here. Anyone who's doing bench press, always, always, always protect your shoulders. Because that torn rotator cuff, it'll catch up with you. Mm, man, it sounds like that's uh, painful. You start bench pressing cars trying to be me, you'll be all right, man. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But we're going to keep it moving. It's going to be a lively show today. I'm just letting y'all know that. Now I feel this in my spirit. Uh, amen. Uh, also joining us today, Mr. Q Storm. Sir, how are you? Well, to piggyback off of what Quentin just said, uh, I got back into the dojo for the first time in about four months. And that was Tuesday, and I'm still feeling the burn. It still hurts. Oh, okay. Damn. I forgot, man. Are you a, what are you a, what, what belt are you? Uh, second Don, second, second degree. Second degree. Okay. So you wh- whooping his ass, huh? I'm not saying that. You're not going to stick somebody on me and have me look great. You got them I hands. Say, huh? I, like, I like to think I could do enough to get away. Okay. I, I respect that. I can respect that. Um, also joining us all the way across the seas is Chloe. Chloe, how are you doing? Boy, everybody's got that delay. I'm good, thank okay. you. Okay, there you are. Are you, you okay over there? How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we on Howard Stern, Mike. Come on. <laughs> wow. It's not like we're on the red shirts either, man. I'm just Ooh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not a live show, but that's a. <laughs> None of these are live shows, but that's okay. What? Uh, well, welcome, Chloe. How's it going over there in London? It's doing all right. Um, we lost an hour of sleep last week due to the clocks going forward, but I'm actually feeling uh, great. Okay, okay. Now it is currently, at least where I'm at in the West Coast, 11:30 in the morning. What time is it where you're at right now? It's 7:30 in the evening. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what day is it? Saturday or Friday or Sunday? Yes, it's Saturday. Saturday. Seriously? I don't know. I'm American, man. I don't know. Shit. I don't know shit. Well, it's two thirty where I am. If anybody cares. All right. So, um, <clears throat> I care. <laughs> I care. All right. Moving right along. Uh, also, we have my man, Mister Amp Pooh. Sir, how are you? I appreciate you. First of all, I'm doing great. And I appreciate you saving the best for last. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. And uh, I feel like I missed somebody because it seems like we get more and more people all the time. But I think that was everybody. Um, let's get into it. We got a few things uh, to talk about this week. Uh, we got a big movie we're going to get into. And I'm going to tell you now, uh, we will have some spoil spoiler stuff for this Shazam movie. 
But the first part of this review, I'm going to just ask that we sort of give our non-spoiler thoughts about it, and then we'll warn you before we jump into some spoiler stuff. Um, so with that, <clears throat> excuse me, with that said, let's get into our review of Shazam. Actually, man, I want to go to uh, Big Sexy. Uh, what did you think of this movie? And, and also, if you can tell us your thoughts and how it would compare to the comics as well. Well, I had a lot of fun with this movie last night. Uh, I took my my goddaughter, who I see I see all the Marvel films with, and, and you know, comic based movies, and we went to a new theater, and they had you know cocktail services at, at our seats. I'm like, this is okay, this is okay. Uh, the film itself, uh, I remember seeing stills from it, and I I thought the guy's padded suit looked silly. But it fit in the movie, you know. All the kids were great. Um, I don't, I don't remember who the big guy is, who was a foster dad. But I've seen him in a lot of things. Now it changes from the book in this in this sense. Um, it was originally only Freddie and Mary as part of the Marvel family, and an old guy, forget his name, but there's someone else too. When they did the when they did it in New Fifty Two, they expanded his foster family to include, you know, the other kids. But they didn't have the tiger, and I'm okay with that. I didn't even notice him not being there. They kept the origin to the same. It was weird seeing no one address him as Captain Marvel, but we all know why that can't be done. And they, they caught me off guard a little bit with the villain. Can I say who the villain is? Sure, yeah. Uh, Dr. Savannah, the... The film opened up on him, and you almost want to get some sympathy on him, and then you hear his name. And so people who've read the book know, okay, this is who this guy is. That ain't going to fly. Um, all the things were done great. As far as I've read the book, you know, over the many years, he does stay Billy Batson as a kid, especially in the run I saw when he was with the JLA, and then when he was in the cartoon as well. He's still kept the Billy Batson personality. He just got smarter, but he's still a kid. And I and I don't see any really weakness on him. Because someone asked me last night, could he take Superman? Yeah, he can. You know, because Superman has two weaknesses, kryptonite and magic. Shazam was based, based in magic. Um, other than, I, I did think the fight at the near the end went, long, went on a little long, but I have really, that's just a nitpick too. I like how they did the little post credit scenes. I, I love this movie. And one thing I noticed d during the credits is that The Rock and his former wife, Danny Garcia, who was his production partner, they are producers on this film. They're going to get paid because this film's going to make a ton of money. A ton. Expect a sequel. And expect to see him in the next JLA. I'm calling it now. All right. And, and just to jump on real quick, uh, I just started reading the uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank uh, oh, you said that. run of that. Jeff and I was Johnson surprised. How, yeah, I was, was going to say, reading that book now after seeing the movie, it is like damn near the exact same thing. I was, I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't read this before I saw it. And, but it was, you know, it's, it's still great. But I was just shocked how close it was to those comics. Um, somebody else is going to say something. Yeah, can I ask Mark a question real quick? Because you brought up the Superman thing. 
and we know how powerful Superman is. But in your opinion, because Shazam, Captain Marvel, I'm going to call him that. That's, I like that name better. Because <laughs> Captain Marvel can tap into all of those Greek uh, gods and myth, especially Achilles and Zeus, shouldn't he be, be able to beat Superman because of having oh, yeah. that knowledge? Because, well, I mean, be- Superman is powerful, but, I mean, he's... I don't believe, I don't, me, I don't feel he's a very smart person. I don't feel he's a hand-to-hand combat train. So I'm thinking if Shazam can, Captain Marvel can tap into Achilles and Apollo and Zeus and all the Hercules, shouldn't that be enough to beat Superman? More than enough to beat Superman. And um, on Twitter, you know, I noticed that you had put up this thing about Superman and Batman. And I jumped in and said, look, Batman is infinitely smarter than Superman. Superman's a good character, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to dog the guy, but he is not known for his brain power. Whereas Shazam, Captain Marvel, has the wisdom of Solomon. And if anyone read Kingdom Come back in the day, you saw Superman get taken by, by Captain Marvel. Because all Captain Marvel has to do is grab him, say the magic word, and that lightning bolt will light his ass up. Because it is based in magic. That's the same reason why Superman can't take Thor. If you got magic on Superman, you win. That's simple. And also, like you said, Annette, Superman is not the warrior. He's not the killer. So he's not going to get into all that. That's why if he got into it with Wonder Woman and they were evenly matched, she'd whip his ass because she's a warrior. Superman is not a warrior. He is essentially a Boy Scout with a lot of power. He's just not that dude. Well, you raise a good question. One of you did. Well, I, I, I'll wait my turn. I'm sorry. I'll wait my well, turn. Well, actually, no, go right ahead. You, it's going to go to your next. <clears throat> well, this is just a question before I go into it. How Now, I was a huge fan of Shazam when I was a young kid. I, I hated Superman. I loved Shazam. Uh, Mr. Tawny, the Mr. Mind, all that stuff. I vaguely remember all that, but I remember I loved it. But now that they've changed it, and I think it was in New 52, correct me if I'm wrong, where Captain Marvel retains Billy Batson's mentality. Wasn't that New 52? He's always done that. No, no. Would you like to, Would you like some receipts? <clears throat> Not when I was reading it. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't Billy Batson. When he changed into Captain Marvel, when I was reading him as a kid, he was not a, a child. He was a, he was a full-grown man, mentally. Let me qualify this. Uh, I read Billy, Billy, I read Shazam in the JLA run back with the Keith Giffen, um, J.M. DeMatteis run back in 87. He was a kid. Now, before that, I can't speak to it. Well, I'm but talking about, I'm talking about 60s and 70s. That's 60s and I was, 70s, I wasn't reading it. That, that's what I'm talking about. But here's my question. If he has the mentality of Billy Batson, how could he possibly have the, not, the the wisdom of Solomon? He has he he has the personality of Billy Batson, but he's got the wisdom of Solomon because he's because he's that's part of his power set. It might he be. may not know how to he may know how to tap into it, but he has it. Okay, so he has. He just didn't he didn't use it in this movie at all. Apparently, well, he's, he's he's still learning how to fly in this movie. Okay, all right. <clears throat> uh, so. The movie didn't really do it for me. I'll just put it right out there. There's a shock. Um, Called it. And I went in 
with the notion, with the understanding that this is not the Captain Marvel. I'll call him Shazam. This is not the Shazam that uh, I grew up reading, okay? And I knew that. But even so, what I found... Here's the main problem I have with the film. Uh, the, the biggest problem was the scope was so small. The, I mean, there were, to me, there weren't hardly any stakes in this movie other than Captain Mar- Shazam, whatever, Shazam fighting Savannah. And Savannah's motivations really didn't make any sense to me. Because here's my question, and maybe I missed it. Savannah, throughout this movie... And this isn't a spoiler. He is he becomes enemies with Shazam because he wants to he wants Shazam to give him Shazam's powers. Right. But throughout the movie, we see Savannah behaving like he already has Shazam's powers. He flies. He shoots electric electric bolts. He's super strong because he's lifting Shazam off the air and punching him, you know, Man of Steel style. So I never understood what what. That doesn't make any sense to me. The one scene that really worked for me, and I wish they had taken this tone a little bit more throughout the whole movie, and I don't want to say anything more, but there's a there's a part in the second act, towards the end of the second act, where Billy Batson <clears throat> goes on a quest to find his parents. And I won't say anything more than that. But that really resonated with me. And it, what it also did was, it was interesting that Billy Batson, maybe this is because of the actor, he seemed more mature than when he would be would turn into Shazam. It's like when he turned into Shazam, he became like a, a, a five-year-old or a, a, like a 10-year-old as opposed to being a 16-year-old. So that was a little bit inconsistent to me. Uh, so, you know, th- there was that. The fact that, I mean, the stakes, there were no stakes in this film other than him fighting Savannah. And I didn't like the way the film looked either. It looked flat. It was shot flat. It was lit flat. The outdoor scenes were all... I mean, you can buy apps nowadays to tell you when the sun's going to shine and you can shoot on a shiny day, a sun, sunny day so that your your sky plat vistas look better than what I saw in this film. Um, but all the performances were decent. I, you know, Zachary Levy, he did a decent job, although I think... He should have been directed to behave a little bit more mature, so it makes Billy Batson not look smarter than him as an adult. Um, and the ending, I would say the ending, which I don't want to give away, I don't know if that's considered a spoiler, it just looks silly to me. The, the I don't want to, the look of everyone, I'll just say that, looked kind of ridiculous to me. So that didn't work for me at all. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, I gave it two and a half reels out of five. That's that's in between good, uh, fair and good. So that's pretty much where I stand. All right. All right. Um, Aunt, Aunt Pooh, you gave your review last week, right? Yeah. Did so, you... I mean, I just saved it for the spoilers I mean, oh, okay. section because for me, I can't, like I said, I love this movie. I can't recommend it any higher than I possibly can. All right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Quentin, you haven't seen it yet. Close. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm going to take a look at it. I'm not a big DC fan, so okay. uh, we'll just have to see. It sounds interesting, but I'll, you know, I'll just have to see. All right, and then Chloe has not been released overseas yet, so I'll give my take on this movie. Uh, I, I wanted to see this movie. You know, the trailers intrigued me. 
originally seeing that, I remember when the first pictures of the costume came out, everybody looked at the bulges and was like, uh, <laughs> this looks ridiculous. Like, what's what's going on here? Uh, but as the trailers came out, I was like, okay, you know, I kind of want to see this. It looks like it's going to be fun. You know, kind of see they got a little big, you know, a little big uh, thing kind of going on with this. Uh, but let me just, uh, right off the gate, uh, I love this movie. It was very fun to me. I had a great time watching this. Surprisingly way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I would almost say, I don't even think the trailers necessarily do the full movie justice of what's really, you know, what they are showing you. From the trailers, I just thought it was just going to be some comedy jokes a minute type thing. And I thought it was way more than that uh i have to tip my hat to what's it, zachary levi the guy who plays mm -hmm. i thought he was great I, i've never seen him in anything before i've seen his face before but i just never watched i don't know if he's on tv or something but i thought he was i was like to me the same way i like uh you know like i think robert downey jr is that character you know uh uh, my guy Wolverine is that character and da 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 to me he's Shazam like I just I thought he was perfect you know I, I didn't I remember Shazam a little bit I remember that old TV series I think was in the seven, late 70s or uh, yeah. I remember that and you know I've seen Shazam and little things like sometimes I watch the Justice League cartoon and stuff and I've seen him in the books I was like okay to me, he nailed it. Like he, he's everything I kind of remember of it. Like being, a, he was a kid, and he was always kind of like unsure about things. Uh, I just thought he was pitch perfect in this. The costume works perfectly in the context of this movie. Uh, he and he, I like that the people in the movie, like the characters, they had the same reaction to the costume. Like what the hell? Like who? <laughs> you know, everyone's kind of joking on him his costume a lot. But I was like. So to me, they made fun of it, and I just thought it was, it was perfect. I liked the family, the foster family that he goes to. I thought all those kids were great. That little black girl reminded me of my daughter, Gracie. I was like, that's, I was like, that's she going to be just like that in a couple of years? <laughs> she's, like yep. that. she's like that now. <laughs> but I was like, but I was just like, oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do here. You know, this blended family type of thing. And, you know, they got the super cool parents and the, the nice house. And I was like, wow. He's got a nice environment. Well, he, you know, what the hell is his problem? And it was interesting that to me, Billy Batson was an ass. He was kind of like an asshole. It's like, he's, you know, he, I see why he's acting like that. You know, when you see his sort of flashback to when he was a kid. But I was like, man, I was kind of curious, like, how was he going to be the pure of heart? Because he seemed like a selfish bastard. But all of these types of stories kind of have to have that type of character where they start one way and they change so I, it was okay with that um the villain i actually liked the villain uh i will say this too the movie is in some ways way more darker than i would have ever expected it to be uh because it seems like this is be marketed toward kids i'm like it can't be too young kids watching this because some of this stuff was actually very scary like the seven deadly sins, the monsters and stuff. I was like, whoa. And then there's like these violent parts going on. I was like, whoa. I was sitting there as a grown man watching this movie. And there's the one part when the villain confronts, you know, and has his little scene early on in the movie. And I actually jumped. Like it was something that happened. I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this movie kind of serious. 
I bet I know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, okay. He ain't playing. Like, I was, I was like, well, I was be curious to see how he does with the the hero because they seem all jokey, jokey. So I, I kind of like that. In one way, it's like DC still had a little bit of that darkness in it, even though it's sort of surrounded in this very fun, you know, coming of age or let's figure out the powers type of thing. And there's a lot of little things it was doing. I don't know if it can get away with it in the next movie, but there's a whole montage and you see it in the trailers of when, you know, he's trying to figure out his powers. I, I loved all that, you know, even when some of it was like, okay, I see what you're doing here, but it works. And I think it works because I think the actors of these characters were great. The, the chemistry between, um, I can't think of the, the, the boy who had the uh, crutches or whatever. I don't know what his name was. Freddie the, Freeman. Freddie. And him and Billy, the chemistry when he was the Shazam was just golden. I was like, man, this is, I love this. I actually agree, though, with what Q said. And I never even thought about it. When he is Shazam, he does seem to act more immature <laughs> as Shazam. Than he, he seems more almost brooding when he's the kid. But in the context of the story and how the story is you know, pitching this to us, it works. It doesn't work if you have to take it super serious. But I don't think the point of this movie is to be is to focus on that. It's to focus on the joy of a kid turning into a superhero. And they fulfill that. That's why I thought this movie was so fun. Uh, and I liked when he sort of decides, you know, his Rocky Strong night moment. He's, I'm going to be the hero now. It actually works in here. I was like, you know what? We want to see that. There's parts in this that I wish they could do what they, they could have done with Superman in this universe yes because here he's embracing you know being the hero but with some of the smile and it's you know he's heroic as opposed to you know like go back to the man of steel movie which i do like he is always like super serious and he's not having a good time and it's just it's not a fun type of thing and i understand where they were trying to go with that but here it shows you how that actually you want to we want to see the hero be a hero because we want to root for the guy and you can't help but like i was like yeah you know he's it's, it was it's like corny but it was like yeah you know he's saving this or he's doing this and then there's that big part at the end where in my mind i vaguely remember seeing images of you know those people and i was kind of and i was like are they about to go there with this movie because <laughs> i was like I would not expect them to do that. And they're just going to go all in if they do this and they do it. And I was like, you know what? This is goofy as hell, but it's fun. Like I was like, yo, this is crazy. And, and it was, again, it was that same sort of, what would it be like if you just became a hero, like a superhero and you, and you had the powers of like Superman, it'd be kind of fun. And it was kids. So they didn't have a dark sort of thought behind it. Um, they were still joyous with it. And I love like the, when the little girl, when she got it, she was still that little girl. And, and I, I'm not going to spoil yet who it was. I was like, oh, God, I like this. This is cool, man. Um, so I just to, to say, I enjoyed this movie. I think this is a very fun movie. Uh, I actually will say, this is, in my opinion, like, this is probably DC's best movie. Like, I didn't really like Wonder Woman that much. I, I didn't really, I like a little bit of Aquaman. And I'm saying this because I own these movies, but I don't watch them over. And as much as I love Batman v Superman, I only like certain parts of it. Uh, Man of Steel, I like certain parts of it. Justice League's a train wreck, but I still like certain parts of it. 
But I actually thought that this, just the way it plays for the people, I was like, this is, they nailed, this is what, and it came at the right time, I think, too. I was like, this is dope. This is, I want to see this, now I want to see this character and interacting with one. I want to see how he's going to respond to Wonder Woman or or Superman or even Batman, you know, because uh, he is, he's that character. He's, we know who he is. And so I thought it was very well done. Um, so yeah, I loved it. Well, let's we'll get into some uh, spoiler stuff. So if you got, you don't want to know certain things, I would say now is the time to check out for a little bit. Uh, so there we go. And let me just, I'm going to start it off with this. And I knew he was going to be in the movie because I had heard about it. And I remember like a, a year ago or so when they were trying to get Henry Cavill to be in the movie and this whole negotiation thing was going down and stuff. But there's at the end, they have the little Superman cameo. When he, he's like, they go to the school and Shazam, Shazam shows up at the lunch table and says, yeah, that's my buddy. He's like, oh, but guess who else? I don't know how it was in your theater, but when my theater, everyone sort of lost it. It was like, ah! And I was like, yep. I know they can't show his face, but it was still cool to just be like, that's fucking Superman. Like, you want to and because we want to see that Superman. Like, it's like, ah, okay, dope. And then it just cuts. I thought that was really cool. It was just fun. You know, I don't know what anybody else thought. I had a conversation with someone. I was like, I, I felt like it was cheap because yeah. they didn't show his face. But I was thinking like, well, fine. If you're not going to show his face, y'all should have been cute with it. Y'all should have got maybe Dean Kane or Brandon uh, Roth to be Superman. Just, nah. you know, just to be really tongue in cheek with it. That would have been over the top. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, for me, I felt cheated. I thought that was cheap that they didn't mm. show his face. So I'm like, well, if you can't get Henry Cavill, get another Superman. It, that would have been controversial. I definitely say that. That'd have been just as crazy if they would have showed a CGI version of Henry Cavill. <laughs> you know, it's funny to hear your the reaction of your audience because my audience, it was fr- well, it was Friday morning, ten thirty, so it wasn't full. Maybe thirty people, twenty people, completely silent. Oh, not mine. Not mine. Yeah. For, to me, uh, in my theater, what got the biggest ovation, and it shocked the hell out of me. Was when uh, spoilers was when uh, dude said say my name and they said Billy everybody laugh yes. and then when they finally said Shazam and they all transform I kid you not it was a crowd of a hundred and fifty and I would say about sixty of them stood up and started applauding and I was looking around like what the fuck and these didn't seem like geeks these were this was black Asian Hispanics they're white. They didn't seem like geeks that knew the source material like that. They seemed like just average film going people. There was families you there. You said they stood up? Yes, and applauded. That's why I was just I like, never heard what the like hell? Yes, yes. And I was like, they, I'm like, so to me, the reason I said it is I felt like the film really earned that moment. As much as when I, I knew that's where they were going to go when he got the staff and, and said that. Like I was like, wow, they're really going to give us the Marvel family in the first movie? But I felt like the story that they were telling, how you know Billy didn't really want to be connected with these families. He kept running away. And then the fact, like, 
I like, it broke my heart when he finally met his mom. Oh, and that was, she was pre- oh man. Oh, that was rough. Woo. And she was pretty much telling him, like, yeah, well, but kick rocks. I felt like because of the story they was telling and how they were coming together, how they were bonding, that when they did become the Marvel family, I was like, you know what? I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah. No, it, you're, I agree. It, it, it did earn it. Just a couple things I want to say. That reveal when they showed them. Like I said, when they were all in the suits, I was like, yo, I was like, okay, they going all in. And I, I had to shout out Megan Good. I was like, is that Megan Good? It's like, yo. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best things in the movie. I was like, okay, yes. The, the, the little girl, I forget the character's name, but the little girl. When, Darla. Darla. When they went to school and she ran up to Billy and said, okay, good brother have a good day and hugged him mm. <clears throat> and he kind of blew off I'm like dude man come on yeah so billy was was an asshole and i'm not saying he got you know well-earned payback i don't want to go that far but when he ran into his mom god all that asshole you know heat that i had for him just went away because that was just that was rough and that's the scene I, I wish there had been a little bit more of that tone in the movie you know i mean it's not like you just shake that off uh, you know, you meet your mom. She tells you, you know, later, I ain't got time for you. And then the next scene, okay, let's keep it going. You know, I, he had things well, to do. He had to rescue jam, his huh? family. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to step up. But but I, I think it'd be interesting if the movie had that tone. I don't, then it wouldn't have been a fun movie too. Cause that was a not heavy, all the way through, though. Heavy I'm not saying moment. all the way through. Yeah, that was a heavy. I mean, they, I didn't expect the movie to have that type of thing in it. And that was such a, you know, I was really just like, gosh. Some parents, man, can be such, you know, fucking asses. I was just like, this sucks. I, I hate I hate watching stuff like that. Uh, but it was to me, it was very interesting that they went there with it. And it was still, you always knew it was sort of in the background. Like, when they showed her originally, I was like, I know they're going to revisit this. There's no reason to show us this if they don't show him deal with it. I didn't have any clue that it would go that way, though. Um and I don't, and I haven't read that part in the book yet, so I don't know if they, if that is in there as well. But I will say the Billy in that Jeff Johns book is way more of an asshole <laughs> than was in this movie. And I mean, like, I can see why they may have changed that a little bit because he was like, he was on some other shit to be, a little bit. I was like, wow. The thing that I liked about it was is that, in my opinion, when I was watching with Freddie, when he was like, "Oh, I'm friends with that guy. He's gonna come to lunch." I kind of was looking at him like, he, "Like, what are you doing?" And I, and I felt that when um, Billy was going at him, I'm like, you know, he got a point. You are wild and you out here, you know, <laughs> using him to get to, to clout chase. So, <laughs> right. yeah, he was right. And then Billy, he, he, he was being an ass, too. And I was just like, I, I love the dynamic that they're not showing one side of, of the story. They're showing that it's nuanced and that, you know, nobody is good and evil and everybody has bad intentions sometimes. So for me, that's that's one of the reasons I really like this film. And. They put so much into the film, but at the same time, it didn't feel bogged down, and everything came together. Yeah. Well, why, let me ask, why, why was it that, uh, again, I said in the first part of this review that some of the characters just seemed inconsistent to me, as an example. But I talked about how Captain Marvel was more of a child than Billy Batson was. And then with Freddie Freeman, there's a scene where he is lecturing to Shazam, about you're just a bully, you don't, you're not a hero, this and that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're the same guy who was you wanted to use Shazam to go take care of some bat, some 
some bullies that were beating you up and you just wanted to try to make yourself look good in front of your friends by having them show up for lunch and, you know, going to the, the neighbor, the drugstore or whatever, the, the bodega, uh, just to show out. And so how are you lecturing to him when you're no better? And stuff like that didn't make well, sense to me. I think it was, I mean, I, and I see what you're saying. To me, I just feel like they're, they're kids, so they're going to be contradicting themselves or... They're all you know, yeah. either all right or all wrong. You know, they all have their fault faults, and I think I think to them, to me, the point would be because they choose to be a family, even though they're not blood related, they have to accept people for who they are. And like all of those kids, sort of had their own little quirks of what they do, but they was like, but we together. You know, we can fight and argue and call each other out, but we family. We can do that. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know hold you down and then i think at the end him ultimately sharing and say i'm going to share these powers with you guys <laughs> that's how much i trust this family now i realized my mom you know i had it all wrong and so I, so but i don't just what i'm saying so yeah the, uh, those kids are saying all kind of stuff at least the two leads but i just felt like that's what kids sort of do like you know they're not, none of them were just all pure good per se and i think they said in that movie is like who are you looking for the pure of heart but then ain't really nobody. It's all the way like that. Well, that's the, yeah, that was, yeah. That's the other thing. It was f- funny to me. Shazam. Uh, and by the way, Jaiman Hansu looked to me looked ridiculous. He was terribly miscast in this movie. See, I, I thought I, that as well. But when I read the book, he looked just like that in the book. <laughs> okay. Well, when he's, I, I, you know, this is just me. Uh, when he tries to give the power to Savannah, which I don't know if that's how it went in the retelling, um, but when he tries to give the power to Savannah, we see Savannah in a, uh, like Big Sexy said, he's in a sympathetic role. I felt sorry for him, right? So, I don't know. I just didn't like the structure where he is um, he is unworthy. I think if he'd been a, if he'd been an asshole kid in the backseat of that car, it probably would have worked a little bit better for me, but what was funny to me was so he gets turned down and then when Billy shows up, Shazam basically Shazam like, look, fuck it, just find somebody. Oh no, it was oh I'm sorry, it was seen after that. He said, just just find somebody to take this power, please. He's like he's giving up and like on trying to find someone. I just thought that was a little hilarious to me. Well, but, I mean please hmm? go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well I mean it's like the stakes is high. The, the seven deadly sins are released. So it's like, it's kind of reminded me of um, Green Lantern 48. Remember when um, the, what do they call it? The Guardians of the Galaxy? They, um, Hal Jordan destroyed Oa. And he's like, oh, Guardians of the Universe. And he just comes to Earth and he's like, you'll do. And gave him the, the most powerful <laughs> weapon in the, world, in the universe. You know, but well, I, the, thing, the thing that I, the, the thing with Savannah that I liked is, is that, it really touched on like you brought this guy here and I I want to give you this power and then he just tells him you're not worthy. And I'm like, damn, as a kid, yeah, that probably would mess with you. You're going through your life that you you were in the presence of near omnipotence power of these gods. And he's just like, nah, you're not worthy. And just like he said, just dismissed him. I'm like, I love that motivation. And, you know, it, it really got to him because that's how he felt with his family. And I thought dope as hell. And the thing is, it turned out the wizard was right. You know, that's the thing. Turned out he was right. Because later on, now, here comes a spoiler point. When Silvana 
walked into that building that had his name on it. I thought that was his building. I didn't know that his dad was still with us. And oh, he right. walked in and threw my man out the window. <laughs> I'm like, okay, shit, this is real now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wasn't selling no wolf tickets. He's like, oh, you want to get it on? <laughs> out the window. I'm like, oh, well, damn. Can I, that, that brings me to my, I got two questions about Savannah. And I kind of brought it up before. First question is, did it bother anyone that his dad, when, when he walked into the, the scene Big Sex he's talking about, the first thing I noticed was, why does he, why does the dad look the same age as he did in the back, in that car? It, it, that threw me off a little bit. The brother got older, Savannah got older, but uh, I think the actor's Jonathan Glover, he looked exactly the same. Second thing is, and I asked this before, what what was Savannah after? Because it looked like he already had all of Shazam's powers. And two, no. and two, what? Did, how are they going? Just like they've already done Black Adam. I, mean, I felt like I was watching Black Adam. Well, they, they, I'm reading the synopsis. They're saying that he wanted to take the power away from Shazam. They don't. They don't want him. If Shazam is out there, there's a challenger to the Seven Deadly Sins. So they wanted to take the power from him. That seems like a flimsy motivation for a villain dude the guy was loaded up with envy power that's the best motivation for him you know i've got you know the seven deadly sins on me and envy inside of me pretty much but i still see what he has which i was told that i wasn't good enough so i gotta can, have that too can i tell you now this is just off the top of my head i'm sure that I, if i sat and thought about it i could i could think of more villains but the, the villain i'm thinking about is khan from wrath of khan he he took um, he took the Reliant from the Federation. He took Genesis from Kirk, and he still wanted to kill Kirk. And that's it's like okay, you got everything, like Savannah had, but you still got to get this now. For and for me, that works with Khan because Khan had history with Kirk. It was it was personal for him. With this, the motivation for Savannah, even though he has all of Shazam's powers. It's just because I don't want anybody else to have him. Well, he doesn't have Shazam's power. That's what he was trying to get. He does not have Shazam's powers. He's flying. He shoots electricity. He's super strong. He's super fast. He's got the power of the seven deadly sins. He does not have the power that the wizard tried to give him, which he wasn't good enough to have. Well, what are the powers that... what, What are the powers that he doesn't have of Shazam? The powers... Well, let's see. The wisdom of Solomon, the speed of Mercury... You know, the whole... I forget the rest but of them. Whole, no, he doesn't have that. They, they say what it in the I'm, movie where there's only one thing that can defeat you, and it was that champion, but you said you got to get to him before he realizes his real power. Yeah. And so he didn't... Obviously, he didn't have... I mean, like, the main... Yeah, the main thing is, is that, okay, you got all this power, but there's still somebody out there that's capable of beating you. So, yeah, you want to take it away from him, so there's nobody that can beat you. Especially when you were told you ain't good enough, you know. Uh-huh. He's gonna he, he carried that for thirty something years. He's like, I need to get this. Now, and you I saw how like- obsessed he was when he had his own little whole team looking for little instances of people being abducted and seeing the same thing. This guy was nuts. He was obsessed to get this. The only thing I, I would say about the the bad guy, I didn't really, un, you know, sort the third act when they have this sort of big battle and everything. I thought those monsters and stuff looked cool, like the part when they come out and start chasing those kids. <laughs> Again, I was like, I can only imagine like a child watching this, a little kid, would probably be terrified. But 
I didn't really understand like the power dynamics of those monsters uh, plus the doctor guy because I was like, okay, what does each one of them do if they can just turn to smoke or something? Like, how do you... I didn't understand the differences of them physically. I know they said this person would be the strength or whatever, but I was a little confused on like what were they fighting or what were they kind of doing other than just kind of slugging it out with the monsters and the monsters trying to push stuff over. That whole part I didn't really understand. Like, oh, you got one more spirit left inside of you. And like if you take them out, then you don't have no power. I was I, that was a little confusing to me, but I was but I was having fun. I was like, oh, whatever, man. Like, you know, it ain't that. It wasn't that serious. But that was the only thing that I was kind of confused of. Like, he just had envy in him, but he seemed to still be kicking ass or fighting. Well, or that's whatever. what I'm kind of getting. The, the yeah. smoke came out of him, but I was like, okay. How does it? What stops him from going right back inside of him? Like, I just didn't understand how he was going to stop him from going back inside the guy. But like I said, that was only. I was just like, whatever. It, He's going. I know they're going to whoop his ass. They're going to whoop his ass and the team up. So it's whatever. But that was confusing to me. Yeah, I, I guess for me that wasn't a strong enough motivation to make the villain work. Because he, he he had he had all the powers. Plus he had the seven deadly sins that was kicking ass. So I, I'm seeing like I'm like yeah, Shazam, do your thing. I'm good. You can't fight me. It, 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 only thing it came down to was him giving up the staff. Having a staff so that his family could transform. Well, I think too, and and maybe he was tapping into his knowledge or something. But at the end, where the boy sort of like plays against homie's emotions, and like, oh, you 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 just feel this way because you know you you got envy or you jealous, and I I was like, oh, he actually throwing a little game on him and see if he gonna get triggered to to do something. And that's something. a good point. You, you do. And so I was like, okay. You do make a good point that he did show some wisdom there. Now to think about it, the Solomon thing. Yeah, that was the only thing I said. Okay, he's actually using something. He's doing something here. Uh, but again, it didn't. None of that stuff took me out. I'm not saying this was the best villain ever, but in the context of this, it, it worked for me because to me, my whole enjoyment of the movie was just watching Super Shazam and you know the joy of him learning his power. Like that whole part where. He, he learns the powers and stuff. Oh, that was great. Like they go into that store and you see it in their trailer. And I was like, okay, yeah, I saw this part, but then they're like, no, keep shooting. <laughs> like I was like, oh shit, like, bust your guns. He's like, Pah. I was like, that shit was funny. The, the little there was that one part where he was like testing him. I forgot what he was. He put him in the box, but he's like, I'm gonna secretly test live on fire. And fly on fire. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> Well, yeah, would anybody good. I'm sorry no go ahead would anybody agree and I know the only movie that comes to mind is kids and that might not be the best example mm-hmm. but would anybody agree that it's a little well I'm not going to ask anyone agrees because clearly you don't but I don't know I, I'm all, I'm fine with the concept about the, the Billy Batson the 16 year old being in the she's uh, 14 uh, not 16 I thought you said it was 16 no Okay, 14, fine. But I guess I get tired of seeing portrayals of kids so stereotyped. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so he's a kid, so we're going to go, we're going to check off a list of all the things that we think kids would behave like. And it's like, it's all stereotypical. You know what I mean? It's like, other than, 
and that's what I'm saying with that moment where he meets his mom. I mean, that would be a sobering moment. And I, I just got to, I get tired of seeing these Freaky Friday slash big Tom Hanks movies where they always act really stupid. They write the characters really kind of stupid to suggest to the audience, well, these are kids. But I'm sure it would have been nice to see a different type of portrayal of a kid that wasn't silly all the time when he was Shazam. Mm, I I see where you go. I disagree. I think that I think this was made for those types of kids. I think they see themselves in those characters personally. And that's from watching a lot of kids related content because I have to with my my daughter. To me, I see that and I see kids that would probably enjoy the hell of this. I know if I was 13 or something I saw I probably think this was the best movie I've seen for a very long time I just think it plays to those kids I don't I didn't see them as stereotypical or anything I, I, I it thought it was, there was, again there was so many very different types of kids in it for what you see but in terms of the two leads as a grown man playing a child I thought it captured that whole sort of innocence of you know uh, you getting something that you probably wasn't supposed to have in this case is to be a superhero. I just think yep. it was a wish fulfillment type of movie. And it, to me, if anything, it played the tropes perfectly. Again, I'm a guy I've seen a lot of movies, so I can see, I was like, I see what they're doing here, but I thought it worked perfect. I mean, in the context of this, this is what it's supposed to do. You know, uh, they I went to it, the booby trap and couldn't get out of there, man. So yeah, that's what kids do. You get some, you know, 14 year olds in the strip joint, please. I'm not saying the whole film should have been played the way I wanted. Like, I thought that was good. I, You know what I really liked was when they're drinking the beer and they and spit, spit it out. It right out, yep. Yeah, that's how, you know, I, w- I was thinking, oh, they're going to like beer. They're going to love beer and get drunk. I liked that. That was, that played against type. And Big Sex, you'll appreciate this. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of TNG rascals in this than what we saw. You know what I'm saying? When uh, With Picard, remember that character in that episode? I remember that episode very well, but the Picard character was older than the rest of them. I, I understand. I'm just saying I, I would have liked a, a little bit of that where he, as a, even as a kid, he still had some gravitas about him. I wish it we would have seen a little bit more of that in this Shazam. That's it. Nah, right. I, I like what we got. In fact, uh, someone mentioned the word big earlier when they had the little homage to big at the piano thing in a toy store. I'm like, there you go. That was great. Yeah. To me, one of the okay. best jokes was when uh, they they had that, they were up in the air and they had that confrontation and uh, Savano <laughs> does his monologue and Shazam is like, I can't hear you. I, I can't hear you. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's the way to subvert those classic comic book tropes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of great stuff in this. Um, it's last thing I'll say. It's funny how if we would have thought back a few years ago, and if you would have said, you know, probably the best thing going that DC would have going would be, you know, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, as opposed to thinking right out the gate, yeah, of course, Superman, you know, Batman. It's interesting that now I would almost to me. Shazam is like a, such a, a, a likable character. Like I could see them like, to me, he has to continue. Like you, you have to have more of these movies or I can't, you know, I can't wait to see him against some of these other people. Uh, but 
to me, he's like the best thing they got going, right? You know, obviously, I just seen it, but I didn't walk out of their other movies saying that. Uh, but this, this I, I agree. The, to me, the writers, just like when Joss Whedon supposedly got burnout from dealing with Marvel and Russo's did Winter Soldiers and knocked it out of the park, and they were like, okay, we're going to give you the Avengers. The writers for Shazam, in my opinion, they need to turn the DCU over to them. Because yeah. they killed it. If this, if they wrote Superman films the way they wrote this Shazam, it'd be a hit. Because they seem to have captured the heart. They stuck to the, um, the the mythos of the character and wrote a damn good entertaining film. They put this film in the hands of Jeff Johns. <clears throat> now, everything Jeff Johns does for DC, you know, to me, the guy doesn't miss. He missed when he was at Marvel, but that's okay. Uh, he's you know, these... got some movie misses now, let's be clear. <laughs> Green Lantern was in his hands, too. That was his? Green Lantern. Uh, Green Lantern was his? Low, I didn't know. Low-key Justice League. He lost his position over that. But but I hear what you're saying. I think when you let him sort of you let him probably do, do what he does best and just be the story and maybe not trying to produce these things, but... Well, at least uh, maybe he had, you know, he had three tries. The third try, he knocked it out of the park. So, you know, if they leave this character and certain characters that he's already shown, you know, a great uh, affinity to write with, or for actually, let him run. You know, um, a lot of times DC likes to, for whatever reason, oh well, Jim Lee's behind this. I don't give a shit about Jim Lee. Jeff Johns makes these characters run. And now that he's done this with Shazam, like you said, they need to bring him over to, over to uh, JLA. Superman, I don't think I've ever seen Jeff write Superman, so I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that, or Batman for that matter. But one thing that Jeff brings is he brings that humor that he has in his books that was also evident in the JLA run in 87, where they really reintroduced Shazam as being Billy Batson with that <clears throat> that type of lightheartedness. It was great. Now, the next thing they can do, if they're going to be doing Green Lantern, is they need to bring in Guy Gardner and make him the same type of guy. Because mm. that would be so good. I'm looking at uh, Jeff John's uh, filmography, and you guys appreciate this. Apparently, he's a writer on Titans and executive producer, as well as the writer on the upcoming Stargirl and executive producer. So he's, he's I in guess a lot of Stargirl, I guarantee it. So I guess he got his mojo back with you know live action. Well, Stargirl is a JSA character, and he writes a JSA better than anybody has in you know fifty years. And his episodes of Smallville, where he introduced the JSA, were the best in the series to me. You know, those are the ones that got me watching the series when I saw he was uh, behind it and introduced the JSA. So if Jeff is doing those characters, I'm in. Now, I, I can't front on his writing. He's a phenomenal writer. I, I think with this movie and just with anything, you have to have the right team. And I just think, like, you know, the, the casting here, the actors had a great chemistry. You believe Zachary in that role. He carries that movie whoever the director was every, every you know the whole thing of it was it all worked you know and they haven't had a lot of works <laughs> but this one to me just worked out of the gate this one works so yeah. if they can just keep up the quality and you know keep it going i'm all in but 
I thought this was one of their best uh, things they have going so far. Uh, and DC is very interesting. Uh, you know, I think the next thing they got is Joker, I believe. See, uh, I'm, yes. not even, I'm not even hyped on that, honestly. Man, there's a lot of people that are. I actually kind of really want to see what they do with this. Uh, again, to me, it's uh, one thing I'll say about Warner Brothers. They are they just they go for it. Whether it works or not is another thing, but they're not afraid to do something that we haven't seen. We have not seen a movie, at least with the Joker, what it looks like. I don't think there's ever been a quote-unquote comic book movie, a superhero movie like that. So I'm curious to see what that is. Uh, you know, the worst purely just the villain, and it's a very popular villain, but you have a lot of top tier talent jumping on board, and it's obviously a character type you know, piece. I'm curious to you see. You know what that is? What's that? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm just saying we've never seen nothing like that. So, again, I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but it, I, I salute them trying something original uh, and not just going the safe route. Were you going to say something? You know, the last time I did that, even though she's my girl, it gave us Catwoman. Oh. Right. No, I'm saying I say it doesn't always work, but you have to admire at least that they have tried to do something oh. different because sometimes they'll get that. I mean, to me, probably uh, the smarter wisdom is not to do Batman Begins back then. Right. It's not really a happy movie. Who is this person making this? But he went a different direction with Batman. And you know, I still even though I can't really watch the movie now. They had, you know, they changed the game, in my opinion, when those movies came out. Those spectacular interpretations. Yep. Uh, then sometimes they completely missed the mark. You know, Green Lantern, for instance. Uh, well, my only question is, why can't they just? Why do they have an issue portraying the Joker as having gone through a chemical accident, so that his face is naturally permanently white and his smile is permanent? Why? I haven't seen that in a Joker since a live action Joker since Tim Burton, 1989. Why do they have to stick with that? I guess would be the question. Because I think that is the most classic origin of his. Has he never, has he in the books at any time, has he been someone who puts on makeup? If he has, I'll shut up. But again, why does that matter? Because we would never had we would never had uh, the Dark Knight if if we stuck with that. Well, I have that. That's the problem I have with the Dark Knight. I mean, why 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 have they changed his origin? Why have they changed that aspect of his origin? In my opinion, I don't think it affects it at all. I disagree He's slightly. A- I mean, Superman came from Krypton. Batman lives in Gotham, and his parents were killed why are you changing his origins and it doesn't matter does it does it change the essence of the character in your opinion well no but you could change superman's origin it wouldn't change the essence of his character he could come from a totally different planet he could come from earth well then right so it wouldn't necessarily i mean so it doesn't necessarily matter that's not the character well that's why actually if it doesn't change the essence of the character then it is the character. well i don't know what you mean by essence would he still be superman would he would he would would the joker is the joker still the joker even though you said his face, he didn't get dipped in uh, chemicals. chemicals. Did the chemical make him be the Joker but or does it make Skywalker him look like still be Luke Skywalker if his father wasn't Darth Vader? But I'm would that saying, change this, the essence of the character? The why, why would we ever entertain changing canon? But you're not answering my question. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm asking you. No, you can, I didn't ask you. So if Luke Skywalker, what did you say about Luke? Just to be clear. 
I said, if Luke Skywalker, if Darth Vader had not been Luke Skywalker's father, would it change Luke Skywalker? Well, no. In the, in the first the Star Wars, he wasn't <laughs> Darth Vader's son. But I'm talking about when he it was revealed forward. But that isn't changing his origin, though, is it? No, it doesn't change the character. But why change the origin? That's the origin that got that got us into the character. Well, the same way you what you just brought about Luke, he didn't get you into Luke. His origin story didn't get you into him from the first movie, right? You was already into Luke before you saw Empire Strike Back, or am I wrong? But I knew his father was a, a Jedi. But you didn't know his Jedi. father was Darth Vader, though, did you? But that, what does that matter? Well, it matters. It's going back to your original point. No, like no, his origin. Is, let me let me answer why it matters. Because you said that they made his father Darth Vader, but his origin he was not his father. But I'm asking you, since the then, father. you didn't know that in Star Wars. No, he that, wasn't. But, but the fact that I didn't know doesn't mean he wasn't. Right. Oh so God. okay, I'm not dealing with what you don't know. I'm just dealing with your original premise of his origin and what got you into the characters. Isn't that what you were talking about? Yeah. So when you saw Star Wars, you didn't know that his father was actually Darth Vader. You just knew of his father. But from I, what they did, t- I did know that his father was a Jedi, a, a, a one time a Jedi Knight. So right. Then, were you when, into the. So well, let me go back to what I was asking you. Were you into Darth his Vader. character in the first movie? OK, Mike, you're right. <laughs> you're so right. you're saying yes. Then? Well, you're not letting me you're not letting me explain myself. No, you're just changing. You're <laughs> no, I'm not changing anything. You are. No, I'm not. It's this hilarious. I just said. You want to well, tell me? You want to let me? You want me let me yeah, because you specifically said Luke Skywalker's father was Darth Vader. Why would you change that? And then we point out in the first movie that got everybody on Luke Skywalker. That wasn't his canon. It was, and they we changed just, it. Was know it. But we did know enough to say, okay, it is possible that Darth Vader is his father. No, so I knew, I oh knew his, I knew so his father. You went into Empire Strikes Back like, oh yeah, I saw that coming. Okay, all right, yeah. When they, let me ask I you this real quick. When I go to Quentin, when they retcon who Darth Vader is in Empire Strikes Back, what is the retcon? Because they did. They didn't. That wasn't how it was originally set up. They, that when it was presented to you, that that cliffhanger. Reveal was not what was where it was. You didn't know that going in, but when they show you that, uh, did that somehow change the character? Did you question like who Luke was all of a sudden when they introduce a new wrinkle into his origin? I've always said no, it doesn't. It doesn't change the character play. But what I'm saying is, why even go and tinker with these origins? Why would you have Superman not? Why would you ever say let's not have Superman come from Krypton? And nobody's saying it's, that, right? Nobody's saying that. <laughs> right. Well, what I'm saying is, so why would you, why not leave the Joker's origin as he had a, he had a uh, disfiguring accident? Well, see, to why me, you, well, sure. So to, 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 I think why it's, it's different, because if you said, why would you have Superman be from Krypton? And if they said it wasn't Krypton and they named it a different planet, but it doesn't change his powers or it doesn't change the character fact that he is an alien to Earth and he comes here to be a superhero. If it doesn't change that, and they call it a different planet has no bearing on his characters. The essence. So you wouldn't have a problem with that. Again, if he was from Clutoon versus Krypton, there would not be any. uh, You know, let me answer the question. You trying to throw in quips? If they, I'm doing how you do me. But you're not me. Be you. Stay in your lane. Let me finish. If they change the name of the planet to something else, 
but they didn't change anything else about him, no, it wouldn't matter to the essence of his character. Not at all. I said it wouldn't matter to you. No, it would not because he still would be Superman. (laughs) To me, Superman is who he is, not because he necessarily comes from a planet called Krypton, it's because he comes from a planet that is not Earth. And he comes here. That's what makes it the essence of Superman. Any any of your anime characters that you love, they could could play around with their origins all the day long. You wouldn't have a problem. Yes, because they do that right now. I love, I don't love a lot of anime, but the anime that I do love, which is sacred to me, Space Battleship Yamato, they have remade that into an epic reimagining that goes right now. And they've changed the story. They've taken the essence of these characters, but they've added new characters into some of it. They've changed certain things around. And I dare say it's actually better than the original. Even they're not changing the original, they're showing a different version, a reinterpretation not, well, of it. But it, okay. the essence of it is it's the same story. They have to get a ship. They have to go here to save these people and come back. It's still the same story. They just added little things into it. Would make more sense to a 2019 audience as opposed to the audience from 1976 where we didn't know a lot of different things and storytelling but, wasn't as mature as it is today. That's why I'm saying them changing the Joker to not have his chemical vat, unless that has something to do with the way he is the way he is and supposedly how he looks, if it doesn't change it, and if people still see Heath Ledger and say, that's the Joker, he doesn't seem like some Joker that I don't understand, I don't see what's a problem. Now, I would give you some uh, tips to understanding you if you pulled the Suicide Squad Joker and said, how come he is the way he is? Is that the essence of the Joker? I could see an argument there. Even though I do enjoy that, I would acknowledge he is way far from the Joker that we know. Well, I I see the Joker as having gone through that disfiguring accident. That's part of his psychosis. I was just about to ask that. In the comics, is that the contributing factor to his psychosis? I believe so. But I don't know. Is this, so, but well, is, is, let me ask. Let me ask Big Sexy. That. Let me ask Big Sexy. He's a comic historian. Does the story told in the killing joke was that a different origin or was that the first time they actually showed his origin it was both actually um because if you look at the old golden age stuff you know that's when they did the red hood and they told a little bit about his his origin alan moore took it and ran with it a different direction and really really fleshed it out to the point where it's become accepted as canon but what concerned me about joker this film is what you touched on earlier mike if they follow the jared leto joker i got a problem i got a problem with that (laughs) gangster joker (laughs) he was so foul but on the other hand heath ledger who we all admit did something different but he did something different and he knocked the shit out of it so if if someone could come along and have a completely new interpretation and make it stick and hit it like uh, Ledger, I'm good. But again, I just don't want to see that whole emo Joker that we saw in, in Suicide Squad. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, the, the plot summary of The Killing Joke. And yes, in The Killing Joke, it says right here, he jumps into the chemical, he's, he's a Red Hood, he's trying to do a job, uh, a, a hit job or whatever. Jumps into the chemical plant's waste pound lock to escape Batman. Uh, once outside, he swept through the pipes. Once outside, he discovers to his horror that the chemicals have permanently bleached his skin chalk white, stained his lips ruby red, and dyed his hair bright green. 
and he's disfigured. The rictus, the rictus grin. Why change that? It's a great origin. Yeah, but does it change the essence of the character if you don't if you don't have that? That's, my, that's the question, right? And that's why I asked about the Killing Joke because I I know what the Killing Joke is. I've read the book many times, seen the movie. But does that? I didn't know if that's considered canon because I thought that that was sort of doing some Lucas type stuff and throwing stuff into his origin that may necessarily been talked about before. And was that considered canon or not, or is that just him adding his own shit in there and then we and he knocked it out of the park? So we love it. Oh, we're not talking about Michael Jackson. <laughs> what did you say? Did I say Michael Jackson? Bowie, Bowie put up, thought he was talking about Michael Jackson, but he's talking about the Joker. Well, you know, one in the same. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Hilarious. I don't know. The audience is like, what are these niggas talking about? Um, but anyway, we, anyway. We, we, we got sidetracked on some, uh, excuse me, uh, Joker conversation. We were talking. What were we talking about? Shazam. Shazam. Right. We, got, we, got, we got geeked out for a minute there. Oh, well, we brought up the Joker movie that was coming out, uh, coming forward. Uh, but again, going back to Shazam, you know, it's going to make some money. Oh, yeah. And if, when they introduce, and again, I'm assuming that Rock will still be playing Black Adam. If they have Jeff Johns write this and The Rock playing it, it's going to be a killer. Trust me. Because Rock is perfect for uh, Black Adam. Perfect. Well, as of today, it's already made sixty-seven million worldwide. Is that Twenty-three good? domestic, forty-four foreign. Is that good? That doesn't sound like good to me. In one day? I think that's today, good. Today it came out Thursday, right? Sneak preview Thursday, so it wasn't like a full day. Nah, that's shit. Then it's gonna be on par to probably do what? Maybe a hundred this weekend. Easy. Yeah. Oh, for for a brand new property, <laughs> the, the, yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> and this is not in-game money here, but they don't have twenty-one years of Shazam movies under their belt. Or twenty-one movies under the belt, but uh, neither way, they 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 got another hit with them. I'm curious to see where they go with this. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to the uh, Harley Quinn movie. There's a Harley Quinn movie coming out. Yeah, it's got some weird long title or something. Isn't it Birds of Prey? Something, something, something of Harlequin. Yeah, like yeah, something crazy. I, I hope they know what they're doing. That's all I got to yeah, say. Well, is Margot Robbie playing Harlequin? Oh, of course. We're HBO on that. Of course, of course, of course. But uh, all right, uh, let's move forward. So we are done with our spoilers. We're gonna move on uh, real quick before we shift into some other stuff. I just want to make mention of you guys. Remember the Showtime. Uh, series the the shy, I think it was like yeah. a year ago when it came out. Uh, what's my guy who played e, uh, Easy E in Straight Outta Compton? Jason Mitchell. Jason Mitchell. This is the one he stars in among other people as well. But they have uh, released uh, season two, episode one is on Showtime, and I watched that last night. And man, I forgot how good this was. I kind of forgot a lot. I'm glad they had that sort of recapper thing at the beginning. Uh, but like I guess I will say this: they hit the ground running with this show. The quality is still there. The writing is still there. The great acting is there. Uh, this had a this was some kind of gut punching, punching a little bit. There's something that happens. I'm not gonna spoil this, and I, and I want to have Big Sexy speak on it too because I know he saw it. that first five or six minutes of it. 
I was so like, I was like, God, this is so kind of refreshing to see this happening. It's like, oh, man, do your thing, brother. And then something happens. I was like, God damn it. Niggas. Yep. (laughs) I was like, and then the show just goes on from there. The, The way it ended was gut punching to me. I'm confused so brutal i just don't understand how it got to that uh i'm sure it'll be revealed but i'm on board and i have to find some time now to make sure i watch this show because i don't really watch um billions which is another showtime show show. i'm catching up on that so now i'm gonna have to watch one of those and watch this that that's my tv uh but big sexy man what'd you think of episode one season two of the shy you know, I, I agree with you 1,000% of what you said about the opening few minutes. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how deep we're going to get into the spoilers. I don't want to give it away. But, you know, my man was doing his thing. And, yeah, all of a sudden, like you said, Mike, man, niggas. <laughs> but there was this one part uh, part in, in, the, in the series where one of the characters, I think, I think it was the same character, you know, someone said, his girlfriend said, you know, well, why don't you go back to the restaurant? Mm. And he's all, you know, I don't want to work for, you know, I don't want to work for the white man. <laughs> and he's all, and then she's all, well, get, go to a black on restaurant. She, and then he went, then he went big sexy on her. Do you uh, have any original stars? I thought of you when I don't said think that. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, I was like, he's going to get kicked out of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <clears throat> and I'm seeing the, the kids too, the little, little fat kid. Mm. Big Daddy, mm-hmm. Big Papa, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy. And I, there was this one scene where a couple of his friends, I don't, don't want to give it all away, had some you know carryover beef from last season, and Big Papa you know, set it up and let them straighten it out. Yeah. And they did. Let me say you this know? about those kids real quick. I would love to see a movie with those kids. Yes. Like I, could, I know people yes. would cry bloody murder, but if they would have had Shazam and they had them... And they flipped it like that. that would have been, that would have been, that would have been amazing. That would have been awesome. Into the Spider Verse. As the as the, the fat kid in Shazam, that would have been oh, worth it, was, it, right? Yeah. It was. And it's funny because that kid was in Black Panther, uh, the the main kid. Yeah. At the very end. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, uh, the guy, uh, the ball headed guy who's now he's in jail. Yep. Yeah, uh, and you see more of his story. Man, that's sad, man. I, I, you know, I was, I trying to understand too. I was like, okay, something happens. It's a setback. But I was like, why you got to go so far to the, you know, over the edge? But again, I don't know. I, I kind of get the impression that he was dealing with some PTSD, or obviously something going on with him. Because when he was taking that test, he was sweating and he was started hearing. It was, it was yeah. Like, he was buzzing or something. His head was buzzing. But, See, uh, yeah. what what happened near the end, I'm not going to give it away, but what happened near the end, I can understand why he's about to do what's, what's about to happen. Because that scene there at the end... Was that a that flashback was, scene or that was current? No, that was current. See, I don't and understand that. completely that, unnecessary. I didn't understand that. I, 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 didn't, I don't want to give it away, but it was so brutal and unexpected and I was just it like... Powerful and unnecessary, and why do you think they're doing? I mean, was this something? Uh, they weren't just randomly doing it. No, 
no, no. I'm sure there's a reason they do that. Probably to to trigger him into going a whole other direction because he's he's going to. You know, but yeah, that was just, uh, damn, that was tough to. Now watch. that guy in that scene. Don't let me find him. <laughs> yeah, that was Fuck. man. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that. And lastly, just want to speak on the young man with the baby mamas. Oh man! You know that is that, he still struggling? He's struggling. Yeah, oh man! Oh, he's struggling. Oh, oh my goodness! And okay, I guess I'm about to watch that when we. But his mom, here. I, I had to. That's a tough, tough move to do. What his mom decided to do, because I can watch it one way. I can be like, hell yeah, throw that, throw that nigga, that nigga out. Blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, as a parent, I was like, I can only imagine. That had to hurt so bad. Like I just, I would, I actually probably would have caved. <laughs> but I know it might be different with boys and stuff. But I don't know. I, I just was like, God, because with everything he was going through, he kind of deserves it. But at the same point, I was just like, man. And then the stuff with the baby moms and ah, oh, man. we got to do better, brother. I'm gonna say it again, man. Sometimes, like it's like the beginning of the. Of the of the episode, just go, man, damn, because that that scene on the train was complete. Really, y'all need to do that. Yeah, that was kind of weird. That dude pulled up on. Him. I was like, oh, shit. that was just like some bullshit. Man. My lean his cousin, partner. <laughs> yep. But yeah, but no, it's a, man, it's a good show. Uh, I don't. I think, matter of fact, the guy who I saw his name flash across the screen. It was that Rick. Fuwar or something like that. I yeah. think he did that yeah. movie. Was it dope or something? A couple years ago. It was like an independent movie. I want to say it was called Dope. It was. Okay. I saw his name grow. I don't know if he directed that episode or he was a producer or writer, but I was like, okay, they got they got some solid people working on this. This is a good show. So de- definitely check out The Shy. If you have not seen season one, I implore you to go watch that. If you like The Wire or um, any of these types of shows, I, to me, it, I already give it the highest praise. It's, it's up there, in my opinion. Uh, Jason Miller, he does his thing on this, man. He, he's phenomenal. All right. Uh, let's get off of this stuff. And shout out to Sean Hicks. I watched the first episode. First episode and a half of the Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> Reimagining on uh, Netflix. I don't really like that type of 3D animation anime, but I actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be good enough for me to keep watching the show, but I can respect it. I, I, I think it's dope that uh, Netflix is so committed to anime, like because they don't have to be <laughs> at all, but they see there's a, such a big market for that, and I love that they're bringing original or newer content on there as opposed to just grabbing older shit and dubbing it. So I love that they at least care enough that they are putting that front and center. Uh, so I salute them for that. Um, all right, man, let's get Mike, it. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hold on, Mike. Before we go further, um, I said this earlier, but I didn't give an answer. I don't know if anyone heard that. For for those of us who saw Shazam, where does the foster dad come from? He looks so familiar. Uh, I know I've seen him something. Uh, he's in uh, Walking Dead. Uh, That's right. He plays Jerry. That's right. 
I actually low-key think he is, for anyone who plays the Laura Croft games, the newer one, he almost seems like that dude that she's with, kind of the big Samoan-type guy. I don't know if anyone else has played these games. I want to say they model him as that character, but I could be wrong, but he sounds and looks exactly like him. And shout out to Foster Mom, too. What's up, girl? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was nice. She was sweet. <laughs> I, I, I peeped at myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's switch it up, man. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, man. I'm gonna I'm go ahead and give him a. a, a uh, let me be clear. A phenomenal young man gone too soon. We talked about Nipsey Russell. Russell. Nipsey Russell. Excuse me. I'm old school. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dave Hampton. We were having a conversation this week, and we were like, man, Nipsey Nipsey Russell. This like, oh, Nipsey Hustle. God damn it. But um, yeah, man. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle, man. Such a sad story, man. Just that it had to end like. Well, I guess we can say he's not necessarily over. So I think now he is. Unfortunately, you know, people die. People really start to elevate people. It's, it's not. I'm not saying unfortunate they shouldn't, but it's unfortunate it has to sort of wait until that happens. But I think that he'll definitely gonna live on now because people really recognize his greatness and things that he was contributing um but it was a gut gut punch uh to hear that news uh that he had got shot and then like we didn't really know what was going on and then they eventually announced that he died and just like ugh, you know it's just ugh, it, it was horrible um where they're at right now with it the young man who allegedly uh murdered him has been arrested i think his name is eric holder uh apparently is somebody that he knew you know had some sort of dealings with them i've seen some pictures where the guy is in the pictures older pictures and stuff and um uh, it's a sad thing because uh i know on the surface when a lot of people may not be familiar with nipsey hustle or you may have just seen him in passing and it's easy to just be like oh just some gangster rapper you know in the streets type thing um but you know the reality of it was yes he was a crip member and we talked about it in his songs but it was a lot a lot more of that as well than that as well and the reality is you know he was standing in front of his business <laughs> you know uh at a place of business that he owns and was there to my understanding he was going there trying to help out uh another friend of his who was just getting out of prison or was about to and he was going yeah. down to get him some clothing so he can you know have him looking fresh and stuff and he come out and he just you know we just happened to be there and then here comes this incident you know where he loses his life and it's just a sad thing because to me it's like man end of the day you know he got two kids and their daddy ain't coming home you know and that's like i can't even imagine like your dad your dad's not coming home you know where's daddy well he went to the store to get to go down to the shop to get some clothing but he's not coming back and you're having to explain that i just say that's that to me just breaks my heart man how do you have to explain something like that and of course you know uh he's obviously very famous and he was on the rise with his career and his businesses um I remember, I, and and uh, Ampu can help me with this. What was the name of that book? Uh, 
the sacred the man. The way of the superior man. The, the way of the superior man. Now, you remember how I, how I got hipped up to that? Uh, the Breakfast Club interview, right? Yeah, it was uh, Nipsey was on there. This was uh, like last year or something. And they were talking about Laura. He was talking about Laura London. And I don't know if you remember when his, right before his last album came out, there was the reports in the news that him and her, he and uh, Lauren London had broken up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like you know, maybe a week or so later, he really doubled down. Like, no, we, you know, we get we get back together. We working that out. Blah blah blah. And I think that you know they had a kid together, have a child together. And I was like, that's cool because I was first. I was like, I don't know what brother is trying to leave <laughs> that situation. Plus, y'all got kids. <laughs> and I, I was at the time I was thinking. I can imagine, you know, he's very much probably in demand and people that could be in his ear. He might be seeing something and then he probably realize, yo, I got the illest right here. What am I doing? But when he was on The Breakfast Club, I think it was Charlemagne asked him, like, what was the last book he read or something like that? And he was like, yo, Lauren told me to, to go read this book. And he's like, what book is this? He was like, the, the Way of the Sacred Man or whatever. And I heard him say that and I was like, and I think I typed it in the, Amazon right when I was listening I was like what's this this young brother what's he talking about let me peep this out and I was like oh you know what let me go ahead and scoop this <laughs> and he was basically was like yo this is what got me uh, in position to get right with her to understand my role as a man to a woman and vice versa and I, I was like and that's his woman giving him that book like that book is not I mean that book is heavy that, that book to me is a man read that and it's gonna challenge you. Cause there's some shit in there. You're gonna be like, "Woof, okay, I might be kind of a fuckboy." <laughs> <laughs> this is a cold book, and so I was so like taken aback. I was like, "Damn, they like actually operating on a whole other level than what I thought." And that's what made me go get his record because I started hearing his interviews. I was like, "Damn, this brother's about business," and da 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 da, and I was. Let me see what he's talking about. And so you got to soon realize when you actually go and listen to what he got going on or look that, man, he was so much bigger and like he had so many like ideas and he was actually had a lot of things in action that we're doing that we all would want to see. Like it's about building businesses, you know, coming back in the community. And setting up opportunities for other people to be successful. I think he had like a um, a work share um, thing, he, business he started where you could come in, you know, and and work out of that place and set up a virtual offices and get some training and different things like real world type of stuff. Vector ninety. What's it called? Vector ninety. Vector ninety. Yeah, and there's a here in Seattle. Those types of places that those are the that's the thing now. The WeWorks and all that type of stuff where you don't have to have a office space you can go there and work in an open office space and network with other entrepreneurs and resources and stuff and so when i heard that brother was doing i was like damn and then i was like this dude is young too i'm like man he doing, I'm, I'm getting motivated off this cat so i was just really like it's like yeah he's he's that dude man he he can be the next he gonna be the next one that really do something you know uh not just rapping and then you look at the background of where he came from. It's just a remarkable type of story. So that's why, to me, it was so sad because he was such a gifted person. I would dare say, as much as I love Tupac and stuff, Nipsey, in terms of business and making moves, 
was way beyond what a Tupac was actually doing as opposed to what he was writing about and his songs but in terms of and I wouldn't fight you on yeah, that in terms of business and actually like actually taking action and you know getting with a lot of movers and shakers in industry and stuff he was actually doing that which to me at a young age for a guy to be like that coming from where he come, is a remarkable thing and I was like man if imagine what he had been in his 40s if he's still doing, and then, like I said, the day before, day, the day before, or after he was supposed to got, the day he got shot, or the day after, he was supposed to have a meeting with the police chief and all this stuff to, you know, help curb gang violence. So obviously he was dealing with a lot of people. Well, I say all that to say, I'm just trying to give my man his his respects, because uh, he definitely put in a lot of work, and he inspired me. Like I said, when I really started to pay attention, I. I was like, yeah, this is the guy. And as I talked about shows last year, I was like, I know a lot of y'all don't listen to the gangster rap and stuff, but there's two albums that I fucks with heavy, and that was Daz Dillinger, which I still play, and Victory Lap, because there was songs on there, man. That's my anthems. I, I listen to them going to work, hustle to motivate, dedication, you know, uh, rap niggas. I used to say podcast niggas. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good good motivation in that so so i salute to him um last thing i want to say i know i'm, I'm running i'm on my preacher I, i'm gonna finish up this the way that he was killed here's what i wanted to say about that we got to be careful of the people that are around us and how we address people because from my understanding he had situation uh allegedly he expressed some words and not even in an anger way from what i understand to that guy who shot him and said hey man we understand that you might be snitching you can't be around us we don't, we don't want you to be around here no more you know we don't get down with that type of actions so you got to leave now when you the big willy guy in the crew or you the main dude out here, you know, everyone know who you is. He's obviously successful. He's the man. And you got somebody that you obviously know who this person is. And we got to remember how cats can have bruised egos and can be in their feelings. Apparently, this guy must have got in his feelings from when he was rejected. and said, man, you can't come around here no more. And it wasn't one of the other people who said it. It was the top dog who said, hey, man, no, in front of a couple people. And so this dude got in his feelings, left, came back, and, you know, I'm going to shoot, shoot everybody up. I'm mad, jealous, mad. I don't know if you got psychological problems. I would say anybody who has got problems. But... You know, I guess I, I'm just trying to say we got to remember everybody is not on the up and up. Everybody is not always balanced or somebody might take what I say. And I think I'm being just strong or being up, up front and telling you. But some people probably can't handle that. Some cats can't handle rejection. Some people will take it and just never talk to you again. The extreme cases somebody like this dude's gonna come back and try to kill everybody and we've seen this all the time unfortunately we see this all the time 
we see these in these school shootings where they always oh, bullied or they were teasing me or we'll see these different things people go back and, oh i'm gonna shoot this person or, oh, i'm gonna do this i mean we see this all the time we just don't necessarily we don't see it like this but it's not to say these things don't happen but they do and we sometimes we got to remember like everybody don't always have our best interests or sometimes these cats is out here fragile man they they fragile quick to get triggered and you don't know what could set them off and then when you know the other unfortunate part and some people might get mad about this hey i say what i say i stand on when you are in a certain lifestyle because if you gangbanging or you are around that or you come from that and you haven't completely stripped ties from that and you know like maybe some of the people around me is in that we got to remember some of these cats uh might be the have been the trigger man before there's killers out here there's some there's some cats that you know hey man here's 10 g's i need you to go holler at that dude put in some work that stuff really goes on so we gotta. So if you're in that lifestyle, you sometimes gotta. Some of these cats will try to come back right, cause they don't. They bring you know. They they lost. I'm talking to one of the lost ones. <laughs> so if I come to you with straight up just facts and and you don't want to hear my facts or they don't you don't agree with the answers. Some of these cats are fragile and they'll just go off the deep end. Like that's not how most rational people are. But if I know I'm around people that get down like that maybe we got to remember where we're at and who we're dealing with because at the end of the day it may not be right or whatever but we got to come on to our babies <laughs> so damn me trying to always be what you know i don't want this fool to kill me or anybody around me i don't want him to get into no problems and and when we the big when we you know when we the bigger when we are you know ascending in the world we got to be cognizant of our value because we bring so much look how much he brought to the table like we we look how the whole city is mourning man because he brought so much he meant so much to people and it only takes one idiot that's got a fucked up mentality to ruin it you know and the people around you have to be cognizant of this. You got to be cognizant of it. And I say the you part because I'm just saying us as men, I'm saying us as fathers. That's our duty, whether it's fair or not. It ain't fair, but that's the rules of the game. That's life. <laughs> we got to live all any means necessary. Sometimes. It ain't we got to toe the line a little bit more than the next person. But that's what happens when you are an extraordinary type of person. And he was an extraordinary kind. Of, most of them cats that come from that lifestyle, they're not going to do what he did. They're going to either be dead or in jail. Unfortunately, he's dead. But obviously, the work he was doing was putting him. He was on an exceptional train going different direction and people were seeing that light shining like y'all want to be a part of this y'all i'm being inspired so he's a dude on a whole different part of the country or whatever i never met him never talked to him but and i'm an older person but i could see what he was doing so y'all i'm inspired to i'm gonna start working like a job man the young boy is doing his thing man 
so it's just it's, it's sad to see it and that's why it's just like okay what do we learn from this we can learn to take his business ethic and worth ethic and we can apply that and also from his death we can learn that you know what sometimes these people that's around us we got to be watchful because uh now the conspiracy theories they have it one way but the unfortunate part of it, it was another black dude that shot him. that's in the same that's a crib it's in the pictures with him so we got to keep our eye on everybody shit and you know uh i wish him uh somebody said they got to leave i'm barely looking at the messages but uh salute to you oh Q-Storm. All right, man. We haul at you. Um, but with that, I want to go to Aunt Pooh. Because you, you live Sir. out there, man. Uh, I'm just curious. What, what's your take on all this? I don't just live out there. I live in there. I'm about a three-minute drive, depending on, you know, what my cardio look like, a 10-minute walk from where this all went down. I mean... I heard the helicopter out there. And I'm just like, oh, some bullshit going down. And then I just happened to pop online and I see Nipsey Hussle got shot. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I, I look. Yeah, well, yeah, cardio. Yes. Chloe. Uh, she's joshing me. And I, I, I looked at it and saw exactly where it was. And I was like, wait a minute. This in the hood. What the hell? So I'm going to be all over the place because over the past week, I've been talking to so many people, you know, from the hood, my old friends, industry people that 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 know that worked with him and known him. Just getting a sense of, you know, trying to piece together everything that 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 led up to this or caused this. And um, it was about what, 415, I think, that I put that in the chat that he got shot. And when I was done. Um, I uh, I called two people. Neither one of them are gang affiliated or gangsters, but I called them gang adjacent. <laughs> and I called my one boy who I grew up with on the same block, 68th and Vermont. And I'm not saying this as a as a badge of honor or with pride, but yes, I grew up in a gang infested, drug dealing neighborhood. And they and I'm telling you this so you can just get an understanding of how. The street stuff works sometimes. Me and my friends, they knew we were we didn't have that heart, we didn't have that life, so they left us alone. You know, hey, how's it going? We see you, yo, what's up? You trying to ride with us? Hell no! It's like, all right, you know, they were joking me. It's like, you know, we gonna put you on one day, and I'm like, my mama ain't having that. Like, yeah, that's right, Miss Phyllis could kill your ass. You know, it's my mom, all kind of stuff. So, I actually humbling thing. Once my mother. I don't know what she was doing outside the house talking to the gang leader of in our hood, but she was because shit like that happens. He straight told her, he's like, I know you raised those boys, but if it wasn't for me, them boys would never have gone to college. She's like, no, you didn't have nothing to do that because, you know, my mother loved the mouth off. She said, if it wasn't for me telling the, the homies, leave them alone, they would have been got got. But we knew that they were special. And when you look at Nipsey, and I, I say that to say, Nipsey was special. So I called my friend that I grew up with, and I'm like, yo, who the fuck is shooting at Nipsey? 
on Crenshaw's slides. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just saw TMZ. Nipsey got shot at Marathon. He was like, what the fuck? I'm like, does it? And I say, doesn't he have a past? And then he humbled me again. He was like, I know you this UCLA grad. You, you special than us. I know you got this corporate job with EA. Where my game at? But uh, he was like, nigga, you from 68th and Vermont. You know this shit. Nipsey was a gangster. And niggas want to take him out. I'm like, but come on, man. He ain't even about that. He's like, man. He's claiming rolling 60. Now, for some of y'all, that, are, that don't mean nothing outside of Los Angeles. Quentin may, it may mean something to him. Rolling 60s is one of the game. I think the other one is 18th Street. Rolling 60s is the game in L.A. There's Rolling 60s, A-Tray, um, Grape Street are probably the most well-known. Snoopy claims Long Beach, LBC, Eastside LBC. To this day, I never heard anybody else claim that. So he gets away with that. But for him to claim rolling 60s, that's what my boy said, he had to have put in the work to get put on. And I ain't saying this was like retaliation, but he was telling me he's a gangster. And I'm, he's like, look, I'm going I'm to make some calls and see what, peop- what people are saying. So then I called somebody else. I'm like, yo, Ken, you heard about Nipsey? He's like, yeah. He's like, man, it's some bullshit. That was an inside job. This is 20 minutes after I found out about it. Somebody from the street said, it's an inside job. One of his boys did that shit. I heard. He's like, man, I'll get back with you. I'm going to get back at you later. This Man, this is some bullshit. And I'm just driving around. I'm like, because I had to pick up the wife. I'm just like, who the fuck is shooting at Nipsey? What the fuck is going on? Because I'm thinking, friend. Nipsey, who's respected, he's from 60s. So you just nobody just goes at a rolling 60s crip like that. You don't. So I'm thinking maybe somebody did a drive-by, which doesn't happen like that anymore. Or somebody was walking off the sidewalk and shot into the uh shot into the uh the, the, the store area where he was at. But then I thought I got to thinking, gangsters ain't gangsters ain't gun train like that to be that accurate to get six shots and especially a headshot. So then we find out, like my boy said, he knew the guy. The guy walked up on him earlier and he came back and I saw the video. I don't know if anybody else saw the video, but I saw the video from the the gas station that was next door and you saw Nipsey talking to somebody and all of a sudden you see people running. Nipsey goes down and then all of a sudden you see Nipsey putting his hands up Look like he's begging him not to do it. And I saw the shots. And then the dude, the dude walked away. He came back, shot him in the head. Then the dude walked away and kicked him in the head. Again, I'm not a gangster. But what I do know, based on two drive-bys that I've seen, and based on my boy who got shot, gangsters, they're not, they don't behave that way. They shoot and run. And I'm only I'm bringing this up because, you know, the conspiracy theories are out there. So for this guy to have killed him the way that he did, it doesn't smell right. It, it, it doesn't. Can I just and, add something to what you just said there real quick? Mm-hmm. I agree with everything you said. I just think that normally gangsters don't, but there are cats out here that are really about, you know, they're just triggers, killers and all that. Those cats do act like that. And a lot of times, we we not we don't think about that. And that's when when you go back to them calling him a snitch. 
I would not be surprised if that's why he would be a snitch because he probably knows most of you niggas are not going to challenge me and I can do whatever I want to do. So I'm a snitch. What you going to do about it? You're not going to do nothing because you know I'll be the first one to put a, put a nigga down. And, and, and a guy that has a mentality to do what you just described is not the average cat. That's sure. a killer. Because he came, shot, bah, 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 come back, shot, and make sure you did. And then the hatefulness of kicking a person in the head, that's not the average gangbanger dude. That's from a real psycho type killer niggas. There are a few in these neighborhoods out here. And sometimes you... You run up on the wrong, the wrong one. But go, but go ahead. All right. Yeah. So you know, I, again, I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> I talked to my my boy again that I grew up. He he's telling me that this was an inside thing. He he's uh, a well. First, let me, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I uh, one another person I knew. Her brother's gambling. He he claims uh he claims Brims. Don't mean nothing to none of y'all. But if anybody from LA listen, y'all know Brims. And she put up an Instagram story and she was talking about uh, it's, it's a damn shame. You got to you got to uh, watch you, the people you around with, the mans you with, your own people. This is bullshit with Nipsey. And she's saying this the night of his death. And I'm looking like, OK, Streets is talking. Streets is talking because the police didn't put none of this out. The next day. Before uh, it was like the next night. When they put out the man's name and his picture, I stumbled across a video. This was at night. And this was somebody who recorded an Instagram video. She was at the scene and it was daylight and she was talking. She said, it's like, yeah, I heard it was one of his own men, some, some nigga named Eric Holder. And I'm just looking like, how the fuck are they getting all this information? So it's like, I'm, I'm saying this could be like the streets is talking, the streets is putting all of this out there. Now, unfortunately, when I talk to my mans again, the one I grew up with, he's on his whole conspiracy theory. They didn't, they didn't want him to put, he was going to put out that CB documentary. He was going to end cancer and AIDS. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm with you till you get to that point. But again, we're talking about all this stuff. They knew he was an informant. He got out of jail. They were calling him a snitch. They, they were saying, I mean, we'll, we'll find out when the people that, because um, there was three people that were shot. The people that was there with them, when they tell them what happened, what was said. But they're saying, they told him, you know, get away. You were snitching. He's talking about, nah, I'm not. Back and forth. And he's like, okay, well, where's your paperwork? You you got out. Where's your paperwork? And that kind of deaded the conversation. But my boy was telling me, because um, everybody keep talking about nobody retaliated. Nobody shot back. And I'm like, where's the bodyguards? And he said, like, the boys that was with him, that was his backup. That's why they got shot. Those are the niggas with the guns that would have chased them down. And I'm like, okay, you know that for a fact? I'm like, I know that. And I'm just like, I don't know. People are throwing out this conspiracy theory stuff, but shit just don't smell right. How he did it, um, the drive, the getaway driver not being charged. Um, he already has a lawyer in Christopher Darden. And then the former's part, because of the fact that the thing the way I was saying that, you know, he if he's an informant, we'll never know who he was. Well, that was dead because the police put his name. And I'm like, OK, why are they putting his name out? My dude was like, because they can't use him no more. He's his covers blown. The hood ain't fucking with him. And I'm like, OK, you know, I, I guess that 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 could be true to itself. And what got to me is I remember talking to one of my boys a while ago and I was saying, 
you know, Nipsey, he's always in the hood because I, I worked I worked with his team a couple of times um, for this, um, this this No Guns Allowed, which is very ironic uh, event that they did. And I just see he just be out and you don't see him with any protection like that. I know a number of my, my friends that I grew up with, they're on Instagram with pictures with him right down on Slauson and Crenshaw at his shop or just catching him with pictures at the Slauson Swap Meet, all of these random places. He's just out in the community. He's just comfortable because this is my hood. Everybody loves me. Nobody's trying to get him. And I'm just thinking, like, it's just it's just a shame that he ended up being, I'm sorry I'm getting emotional, he was a genuine good dude and was about his community and it looked like this bullshit just took him out. And everybody's looking for meaning behind this. Everybody's trying to, like the one article, they're trying to conspiracy theory this. But when you hear all of this stuff and two and two is starting to be putting together, you know, it can't all just be a coincidence. It can't all just be a random act of violence. Yeah, that, that, you know, the question comes up to me then, if we say, if we just, even if we just entertain the thought to say it was a conspiracy, okay, let's say it was, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> what, what happens now, right? Yeah, let's true. assume it was a conspiracy, right? So then we don't have to, whatever theory you want it to be, just say yes. So now if you want to, if you say that, here's the question. Now that we acknowledge this conspiracy against us, then what are we going to do? Are we going to get on code now? Are we going to change it up now? Because otherwise, then it don't matter if it's conspiracy. If you're not going to do nothing, if we're going to still continue to do all the same old stuff, then it, whether it's conspiracy or not, I guess it doesn't matter. Again, so I don't think it's conspiracy, but if somebody wants to say it's conspiracy, fine. What, what will it take to get us to get our shit together. I'm with whatever that is. So if it's a conspiracy, I'm with it. Okay. Now are we going to start watching each other or are we going to start changing shit up or we're going to have a community so that we know they watch. If we say it's a conspiracy, then that's to agree that we know they are watching us, right? Uh, they're going to try and take out certain people that have some influence, right? If that's the conspiracy. So then what do we do with the people who have influence in our community? Are we going to st- keep going back and forth bickering on little things if it's a conspiracy they could care less about the little things they're just going to take us down so do we stop dealing with those now and let's get linked up if that ain't what's going to happen then if it's a conspiracy then don't say it's conspiracy to me because I, I want to know what we're going to do so that would so the problem is as great as Nipsey Hussle is and was we need to have how we feeling right now? Let's have that for our brothers that's alive today so that it don't happen no more. So we don't always be, have to wait for us to die. <laughs> right? That shouldn't be the trigger point for us. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. And then we start asking questions. The only problem with that is we're not taking any actions to celebrate, uplift, and unite and codify the cast that's here right now. So that we don't have to go through this no more. We should have that. Sir, is, and, I, and I love it. It's, you know, sometimes tragedy is what sparks people into action. I saw that they had a, a unity march out there. Right, Q? 
Yep, uh, last night. So I, I love that. Now I just let's keep that. So I want to keep that unity beyond the march. Now let's sit down and make a plan, and let's start linking up, so that everything he died for wasn't in vain, and we don't need to wait for the next uh, person to get killed, and then we all jump online, and you know, then we want to act. We that's the thing we gotta act before that, and that's why I, I love Nipsey. He was a man of action, wasn't talking a lot. He was actually making stuff happen. So now we got to take, let's take on that same work ethic. So if it's a conspiracy, fine. If it's not a conspiracy, that's fine. But what are we going to do? That's the one question I'm, I'm still waiting to see. What are we actually going to do so it don't happen again or we're ready? So if there's a conspiracy, then let's get our counter conspiracy together. <laughs> If they're doing conspiracies on us, if the Dr. Sabi thing was that much of a thing, how many of us was really up on it to begin with? I know a lot of people, Dr. Sabi, I said, ain't Nan read Nan's book, done on his books, or ain't followed the methods of how he was eating. <laughs> no, they just heard the name and the song or saw some YouTube video. Did you really know what that, what's the conspiracy about then? Why, why would they take him out? Then let's get educated. Because we got, at the end of the day, we have to stop this. Like, And like I said, I love that I'm seeing all of these things happen because of it. But I know a lot of times we are very reactionary. And, you know, let's see what happens in two or three weeks from now. Let's continue the same pressure. Cats linking up. Oh, man, you know, maybe we should get another, have a business like Nipsey. Or whatever, you know, let's let's good. I hope that we move down that avenue. You know, you can't sometimes you can't judge things right when things happen because people are in their emotions and they're just kind of reactionary. But let's see the true characters of the community. And hopefully, like everything he put in work for it is not in vain that we go forward from this and let's take what these brothers did to this brother in particular and let's build up. He was building up. Now we now let's let's build up. You know, there's a lot of these people that are out here uh, that are online doing stuff and starting movements and speaking out on things. And a lot of us, we be oh, I don't like, you know, it's a lot of cross. Uh, I don't like that one. If if it's a conspiracy, then I'm sure all of those guys' life is going to be in danger because a lot of them are speaking speaking out on some stuff that. I'm sure the establishment does not care for. But are we are we following them? Are we linked up? Or are we going to wait till they die? You know, that's why, you know, I hate to say this. I'm not putting it out there like this, but I don't want nothing to happen to like Tyreek because I could easily see something happening to him. Because he don't have no corporate backing. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing it himself. He's creating content that is for some people is not cool. He challenges stuff and they don't have nothing on him. Like they can't stop his money because you know, he puts his own stuff out. So I easily see them like, what's the problem with that guy? Now who's going to protect this situation? And it would be sad to see something happen to him. And then I could easily see it. Hashtag Tyreek 
they I mean he's already given you so much stuff so I could easily see it just become so iconic oh I was always you know tangibles first and that people would be running with that all the stuff he was saying but what but, but the thing is these people are alive now uh the, like them or not the Boyce Watkins uh Professor Blacks the Yvettes there's a lot of these guys uh, the root uh, red pill blue pill I love those guys a lot of these people out here polite <laughs> I think you even posted him right uh, but I hopefully don't have to wait till something happens to these remarkable people before we decide to do something or to acknowledge them while they're here and let's listen to what they're saying we listen to what Nipsey was saying while I was here then you would be hustling and motivated. You'd be trying to start your own business. You might be researching cryptocurrency. You might be trying to become a better man for your woman. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's unfortunate, man. And, you know, I uh, wanted to go on Chris Durden for a second. I want to hear Big Sexy as well. I would imagine Chris Durden probably just sees an opportunity and he might be kind of, well, not might be, he's probably clout chasing. Yo, this, this will put me in the limelight. Let me offer my services to this man. Uh, but I, 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 it's just a, it's a funny look to me. Uh, I'm not here to tell man what he's supposed to do with his job, but it just looks funny to me. But Big Sexy Man, any, I, any ideas of what the, the mindset of Chris Durden? Well... You know, for people who uh, don't, you know, remember that name, Chris Darden was one of the attorneys, one of the prosecutors, actually, on the OJ trial. And from what I understand, he was the person who came up with a brilliant strategy. Hey, have him put on the gloves. And the gloves, you know, as you all, as we all know, gloves cannot go on over a person already wearing latex gloves. They weren't going to fit. Now... You know, that's neither here nor there now, but that's on him. After the after that trial wrapped up, he left the DA's office saying how he wanted to, you know, work back at the community and all of this nonsense. And I'm calling it nonsense because he's stepping up quickly to defend, you know, this holder clown of this murder. That everybody, I'm not seeing the video, but Anthony's seen it and a lot of other people have seen it. It's pretty clear what happened. But Darden is quick to jump out there. I'll take the case. You know, so that goes contrary to being about community because while everyone does have the right to a fair, competent, and zealous representation, I tell people, you know, all the time, that's all true, but it doesn't have to be me. You know, so for Darden to step up and jump against the community again shows what he's about. Now, they're holding Holder on $5 million bail. There's speculation that somebody's writing Darden's check. I don't think so. I think Darden, for whatever reason, and I'm not calling him unethical, but I'm thinking Darden ran to get to this guy and took the case for the press, for the media. I don't think there's a check involved. Um, I don't see it going to trial. 
But if it does go to trial, then I'll definitely show that I'm right, and this and that this is about Darden trying to get back out <clears throat> and recapture some notoriety again. And I think, Mike, you said for he's cloud chasing. That's what he's trying to do, and it's not going to work. There's no way you can spin this where you come off as pro supporting the community, because I'm not familiar with with Mr. Hustle's music, but I'm hearing more and more about the man and the man was about business the man was about uplifting the man was about doing better and there's nothing negative about that and so for this Darden guy to quickly jump in and get assigned this case somehow man that's a punk move that's a punk move ain't no way around it he's out for himself fuck him uh, Quentin, man, I haven't heard from you on any of the Snipsy stuff. If you had something to uh, share. Yeah. Well, this was a unfortunate and all too familiar tragedy here in the inner city, especially in the black community. And someone who manages to pull themselves up out of the proverbial bucket begins to mix and mingle with power players like Gary Vaynerchuk, or Gary V, as he's commonly known, sits courtside at Laker games, dates beautiful, high-octane women. He's living the American dream. But in this case, Nipsey still had one foot in street life. He signed an oath, possibly a blood oath, well before he sailed the Atlantic. During this confrontation, he stepped out of the shoes of a philanthropist and an entrepreneur. Nipsey attempted to give back to the very community that bred him. Some would argue that this community didn't deserve it. The candlelight vigil turned stampede could support that argument. Being from that general area, I do not see the need for yet another clothing store dedicated to streetwear. However, given his work in expanding STEM programs, science, technology, engineering and math to the inner city, the two make for great bookends and speak to the duality of this man, one who is ahead of his time. All conspiracy theories aside, Nipsey's story is a cautionary tale, one that every person, black or otherwise, can learn from. When you manage to escape the bucket, don't go back in. Extend a hand, maybe even a ladder. In my opinion, there was no need for Nipsey to be there physically, especially without heavy security. And as I've said many times, life is a chess game. What Nipsey did here was akin to checkers. King me, and I'll move all across the board. He had the resources to appoint other pieces. Pawns to keep the store going and programs running. Queens and bishops for advice. Knights and rooks for protection. The king does not need to leave his space, but his presence must be felt across the board. And I'll leave you with this. Be mindful of your value, especially around those who have next to nothing to lose. Mm. Man, that's, that's some biting stuff in there, but you know what? I felt you on that, <laughs> that whole chest thing when the king don't need to move around 
it's kind of heavy, bro. I like yeah, that. and it's like I want to be mad at Quentin on that, but, <laughs> I know you, but you, he ain't. I mean, hey, man. But it, it's like because I said the same thing because when I was seeing some of the people I grew up with having pictures with Nipsey out in the streets, I was just thinking like, dude. I mean, I know you're not at Jay Z's level, but you know you a celebrity. Why you still keep coming in the hood? And but just, part of me is like, well, I mean. Do you just get ran up out of your hood? Do you just leave behind if you're comfortable and you you there and you feel, you know, that's your home? I, I don't know what the right thing to say. I mean, unfortunately, now it's like, well, he should have never. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say on that. Yeah, it's. Can I say something? Oh, certainly. Go ahead. My bad. Hi. I think you guys forgot I was here, by the way. But um, you see. I started listening to Nipsey back in 2010. So this has been like a while back, nearly 10 years now. And um, I eventually stopped listening to his music as obviously my taste of music ended up changing. And um, I didn't know that Nipsey was still around making music until the other day I found out that he had an album out that was nominated for a Grammy. Well, when I say the other day, I mean like a couple months ago. And... Um, I was shocked when I found out he had been shot because I am not involved in like how you guys, obviously Quentin and Q, and um, Q my bad, sorry, Quentin and Anpu, they live in LA. So obviously that's their surroundings. That's where they live. That's the community. They understand the ins and outs of things. But over here, overseas, for me, I just know that, oh, I see him living the high life. He's a celebrity. I wasn't too, too I, was, I didn't know much about him. Um, in his community work and being a philanthropist but I knew about his, his entrepreneurship as well and um, I knew immediately as soon as he said that he was being shot six times I knew he was dead but I was shocked because I was like he hasn't done anything gang related in my eyes uh, for the past I would say past six years in my eyes I'm thinking what has he done he hasn't done anything he's been so quiet he's been underneath the radar but still successful in his own right now I understand looking no I'm looking at all the stories that come up, come out online. Even talking to Aunt Pooh the other day because he me and him had a conversation um, before um, today um, a couple of days ago. I was talking about it because this has been heavy on my mind and I've been thinking about a lot of things. Whereas, for example, all this love that's been exposed on Nipsey, where was it when he was here? That was one of the questions I had in my mind. Second thing was this whole gang violence. I didn't know he was so involved in the crip gang life and things like that and the third thing is now that Quinn has mentioned it <clears throat> which I can kind of relate to it's like you move out of the hood you've basically bettered yourself you're not on a Jay-Z level but you can extend a hand and the ladder if people don't want to basically receive it then leave them to it until, until they are ready and um, I, I, I kind of like understood where he was coming from with that but sometimes when somewhere is your home where you've grown up from it kind of humbles you where you feel like you want to give back and I kind of understand that was Nipsey's way of basically doing that if you understand why I'm, you guys can interject when you want to because I, 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 this is a conversation I don't want to sound like I'm preaching because that's Michael's job but um, shade, I just this is a conversation shade, no, this, go ahead. <laughs> no there's no shade it's true I just want to <laughs> go ahead go ahead <laughs> 
Keep no, it's a conversation because I want people to help me. I don't want to keep on yapping and getting lost, no, you know. Good. But um, I just wanted to say that um, my question is this. Okay, help me with this because I don't. I was a kid. Well, when I say kid, I was a baby when Tupac and um Biggie was dead, and everybody keeps comparing those two's deaths to how Nipsey is, and. I feel like because Nipsey was so underneath the radar, not many people was talking about him till now. And I'm wondering, is this kind of a comparison to how Biggie and Park was when they were alive? Was people talking about them as much as they do now because because of their dead, because of dead and because now they're trying to make them urban legends. And now the same thing with Nipsey. Are you noticing a, the same behavioral pattern as they did 20 odd years ago to now? with Nipsey or mm. what? Because I, I just don't understand. I kind of see this fake love but also see that people are realizing that it, I don't know. It's just a whole it's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I, I, I feel you, but I say it's different. To me, Tupac was a far bigger star, and the legend of Tupac was growing day by day. Five shots couldn't stop me. I took it a smile. Dude was shooting out, having shootouts with the police. He was in court all over the time. He was beefing with Biggie. So. This not only was he a bigger star, but these, but this, the legend, the myth, mythological even of Tupac. Even when he died, people were saying, "Oh, he faked his death." There was a uh, Chuck D. He put out. I, I wish I could find it. He put out this um, this list of all the things that uh, that surrounded his death, like the number thirteen and all kind of weird shit that was like this conspiracy theory behind Tupac faking his death. So it's definitely a little different. But I will mm-hmm. say the outpouring of love for Nipsey, in my opinion, at least in Los Angeles, far outweighs and supersedes the death of Biggie and Tupac. Just my opinion from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I, and, and you can thank social media for that. Yeah, I was because if say, not, yeah. yeah, that's why you see it so much. Honestly, I didn't hear about this in my day-to-day. And I, you know, I, I work in downtown LA. No one's talking about it. No one. I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, but I mean, to see all these people come into Crenshaw and Slauson, they, they're shutting it down. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just amazing. We just last, last week, I mean, not last, last yesterday, we had a blood and crip walk down the street. Bloods and crips will come in to Slauson and Crenshaw. And it's just, I mean, it's probably more so on a local level, but I just feel the authenticity of love and people affected. Like, you just, I just couldn't believe it. There was a, people were talking about the stampede. I look at the video, I'm seeing a white woman. I'm seeing a Hispanic woman with her baby in her arms. I'm seeing Asian people that were running. And I'm just looking like, what the fuck? All these people are coming out here showing respect to this man? Would that have to do more too, though? I would imagine, I don't live there, the neighborhood dynamic is probably quite different when Tupac died and yeah I mean in terms of the gentrification the, mm-hmm. those, no, are, no, those no. are probably a lot more blacker or, or, or minority neighborhoods at that point I, again I don't know than they are today maybe they just recognize that he was a good person and to, to the community that's why they was there to show respect well I would say this about the, the Tupac thing and, and, and the biggie uh, to be and just to double down on what answer Tupac was a superstar at the time of his death. Like he was on a, you know, he was like the biggest rapper, arguably one of the bigger artists of that day, uh, mm-hmm. which is quite different than Nipsey was very much still on the upcome. Uh, but I think um, 
and in terms of the you know it being felt like to me the Tupac thing hit me like it was just ridiculous because of all the stuff that already had happened to him and you just kind of was like mm-hmm. dude like couldn't you have just stopped you wanted we all wanted him he was winning at the time and we kind of watched him and he'd already thought maybe he was untouchable or he could never die but it was like no even through all of this shit it still has to end and again i think he, he was just he was already a star he's he, you'd already had watched him grow and all that i think the only thing yeah. with with uh nipsey is you know like somebody said social media is here now so it's it's a quite different landscape i can only imagine if there had been social media back then uh how things would have played out uh but i think that i think uh you'll also see five years from now you know to me tupac almost he had the whole career of him being alive and then some could argue say it may have even gotten bigger after he died for a while. Like it went for years. There was movies, multiple movies done about this guy. I mean, they're still making movies and TV series about him, uh, mm-hmm. about his life. I don't know if they'll have that same sort of thing with Nipsey Hussle. Maybe they will, but um, I think there were two different things. Like I said earlier, though, I think the one thing that Nipsey did with Tupac didn't, technology has made it to the point where a guy like Nipsey Hussle could probably do more business things than just being an artist and sort of relying on you know the system to make him hot which you can only get that later in life and you and he can only get that by watching the Tupacs and the Biggies and understand what moves not to do and to do better Um, so on some ends I think Nipsey has done more than a Tupac or Biggie could but only because again things are a lot different now and there's different opportunities. You know, prob- you know, Tupac and Biggie died and didn't have all the money you thought they did. I wouldn't I'd be surprised yep. if, if Nipsey had quite the portfolio <laughs> uh, uh, of finances and different things going on that were not even available to a Tupac or Biggie, even mm-hmm. though they were far more, you know, bigger as, you know, stars at that point. But, um, you know, that's something I could say about that. Can I add another point as well? It might be a bit far-fetched, but... This is just my opinion, but online, looking at all the things on Instagram uh, and on all the social media platforms that actually what I'm on, I am getting a sense of like a Jesus-like backlash in a way, mentality with Nitsby. The way how people talk about him, it was like he was the Messiah. Like he came, we didn't <laughs> believe in him when he was here and we didn't appreciate the work and efforts that he put into the, the world around him to make it a better place. And now that he's gone, that's why everyone starts to regret and, sh- and have this outpouring love. And it's quite, um, it's quite interesting to Same see it unfold. <laughs> just got to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was giggling about that too. And um, I just find, and it was, I, I'm actually like, I'm, I can, I'm actually happy to see Nipsey's face on my TL all the time when I go on Twitter, but like looking at it, it's quite sad to know that it had to take death for people to actually recognize. And that's the situation and problem that we live in in today's society where someone who was putting in all that work and positivity into our lives to make it a better place, that's when we start to recognize them when they're gone. And um, I'm happy, but it's quite sad to know that only now they have his name in their mouths or thinking about him or because I'm seeing all the archives of videos and interviews from like back in the day with him talking about his community what he wants to do even down to the recent stuff that he had out there as well it's just disappointing but it's also quite sweet at the same time so yeah yeah, 
And that's why I said I want to see the long term. It, that type of stuff is expected to happen, in my opinion, the, the weeks after the person died. I, I want to see the six months from now, a year from now, are they going to have the same energy or is it just in the moment? Uh, a lot of times, but, even just, in the moment, I'm quite surprised with the magnitude, the amount not, of stuff that's out there. I am because no one I'm was talking about him. They do that to everybody. No one though. was even winking an eye at him. It's only those who wanted to be in and know about him they do that were making everybody. an effort to be there. Right? No, not really. What was the young man? Around, what was the young you man who got killed? Yeah, when was the young man who got killed? The rapper. He was in. Uh, Are you talking about To me, it was the same sort of thing. There was a lot of outpouring. What they talk? Are they talking about him now? No. We, we, what happened to the killers? Did they... I, I think. But well, he was I more think, like an underground rapper. That one there. That was. I the think this would be different, Mike. I hope so. I, I hope it is different, but we'll see. That's it what is I'm different. I think it one, is. the energy that Nipsey was putting out there, and two, he wasn't in drama. I and since I've That's known funny. about Actually, him, he was in drama. That's my guy. He smacked somebody up. Yeah, he was in drama. Let's be clear. <laughs> what do you mean he smacked somebody up? Was that like the BET Are you talking about the BET like Awards? Year? Man, get off that Quint index. Yeah, like, Carry on, and wait, 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 like wait, 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 players wait, have wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Slow. Mm. So he did slap somebody. Uh, he was in a brawl a uh, couple months ago. They say it was a mistaken idea. I'm not. I'm just saying. And I love Nipsey, but I'm gonna keep it one thousand. He has some negative energy around him. He's on tape slapping the shit out of somebody. That's not a positive thing. At a have you seen the tape? We talked about it on the show. Have you seen? Of course, I've seen it. I'm a Nipsey fan. I watch all his movies. The person stepped to him. I understand the reasoning. What would you do if he was in that situation? Well, again, as 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 a a wise man earlier just said it, you would have knights and other people in front of you because you're the king. You don't have time to be slapping the shit out of people so that you can get sued into oblivion and possibly arrested at high profile events where cameras around. That don't make no sense. Damn, mm-hmm. damn the Thank I'm you. a man and you're not going to you on another level, bro. You on another and that's level. probably why he was at his store recently without any security, because he may have thought that he's untouchable. And he also wants to appear to still be street and still be uh, reachable. Like, I'm not trying to do any Hollywood shit. I'm still Nipsey from around the way. But when yes. you are different now, you have mm-hmm. to walk differently. And you have to move differently. I'm like, I'm not I'm not trying to be Hollywood here, but for the better part, since I've been around Snoop, which has been 2009, that nigga has a big nigga around him. Yes. So he he should. He went through a murder trial. If you don't learn and you're about to lose your whole life, you better act different. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody in death row and went through some shit. You better start. I mean, it is. I mean, it's just again. I, I love Nipsey Hussle, but let's not act like he did not have these things. And all of these things contribute to your actions and moves. He, you go listen to Nipsey Hussle. What was he talking about? He was talking about the energy that you have around you. He, there's a direct quote. It's on video. He's talking about you can have negative energy on you. What kind of injury you going you gonna give off? Because the karma and the universe is gonna present situations that happen to you, and you can decide what kind of energy you want. If you just take his own words and wisdom would tell you that that slap and that brawl at that club, those aren't the types of energies that you should have around you. I'm not saying they made his situation happen. I'm just saying he wasn't not some innocent dude. He, he was a man. He had faults just like anybody else. 
And but let's not let's, but let's not make him into Jesus as, as we talked no. about earlier. Let's not. Let's just no, but it was just that was the kind of um, the energy. I, I that's that kind of energy I, I was receiving when I was looking at you know the people outpouring their love on the TL. And, and Chloe, you made a comment about being run out of your neighborhood. What did what, what did you mean by that? Um, what do you mean? Sorry. No, you made a comment earlier about being run out of your neighborhood, not being able to go back home, et cetera, et cetera. No, I was saying when you leave or you grow out. So basically you're saying from Rex Witch's kind of comparison, whereas you came from nothing, you made something like yourself, you moved out of your area, but you always find that you always go back to your grassroots where you came from the foundation where it all started from. You never leave that. You always go back there. Because that like humble, humble, that kind of basically humbles you to always remind you that I'm successful because I came from this and this is always going to be home for me. Hmm. Is that okay? It's, it's not about okay. It's, I just want to get some clarity. Oh, sometimes, okay. sometimes home is where the heart is and you take yourself with you to a new place. You'll always be who you are. You were who you were in the original place that you started. You take that with you wherever you go. You don't have to be physically in a location to feel at home. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I'm going to go ahead and go here. People around you who may not have made it out of that will hate on you. That's true. They exist. Not everybody in the hood wants to get out. And for whatever reason, they stay and they will, they'll be like wolves and you're like a sheep and they'll get hungry. You have something they want and they'll take it. Oh, we've seen countless rappers that got robbed, <laughs> beaten in the last mm-hmm. few months. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes not, they shouldn't not to make be this, in these situations. They shouldn't be in them areas, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And not to make this about me, but I grew up not too far from where all this went down and I still have an aunt who, well, she doesn't live there anymore, but she still lived on the block that I grew up on. There was a time um, when I was doing well, I'm still doing well, but when I was on my come up, I'll say it like that, and I had a particular car, and I drove, parked that car in front of my auntie's house. I wasn't gone inside the house for more than 15, maybe 20 minutes, and I come outside. There's a long gash down the side of it. I just went to visit my auntie. Now, you would think I grew up there. I get a pass. No. Not to mention the code has changed over the years. That OG stuff isn't like it used to be. Mm -hmm. Some people don't get a pass anymore. So you can't always go back home. Just take home with you. Wow. The other other thing I wanted to bring up, I saw this in another brother's... uh, podcast it was ah, I can't forget the name right KO Nation AO Nation I'm sorry brother I didn't get the name properly the Men 2 he started the Men 2 movement shout out to uh, Men 2 hashtag Men 2 he was he, he asked an interesting question um, so you know some of the the other part that happened the outcome of this situation uh, that was Eric Holder I believe and I don't have the report in front of me, but I think two of his family members had been killed uh, or at the least shot up in retaliation uh, to this, this killing. Uh, 
And um, it's a, and now that kind of stuff happens, you know, see, you should ride on them or ride on you, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> but the one thing, he brought up a point, and that kind of made me think, it was like, these two family members who had nothing to do probably with this killing, they had to die because they're trying to get at this Eric Holder guy. But it's interesting that we don't, this is why you got to be careful of the streets and all of this kind of stuff, because this is why I want to know what we're going to do. Are we going to really get coded up? Because why are, when it's a black person, that's the shooter or the person in question, all bets are off. We ride. <laughs> Nigga, if we don't catch you, your mama, your dad, we taking them all out. We've heard this sentiment. But when it's a Zimmerman or some of these other kids, <laughs> it's not all bets are off. Like, oh, that's the police thing or, oh, that ain't my hood or, you know, whatever the excuse is. But why don't, why is there not the same, we're going to burn this bitch down, kill them all, when it's not a black person that we're going after? For all of the shootings and killings, particularly of youth and of men and women and things of that nature, Sandra Bland's, I mean, the list is, unfortunately, goes on and on. Where are the writers at? <laughs> And I don't know if it's because we've sort of glamorized banging and riding and, and shooting up. Nigga, come across me. Blah, 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 blah. I, I, and then again, I don't wish violence on nobody, but it would at least make some sense to me if that type of mindset was, mindset was saved for the other side, <laughs> not on us. Like this. If, if the glamorization wasn't on us killing each other over these crimes, if it was, we're going to get revenge on you know the other stuff. And the guy was talking about that. It actually kind of bothered me when I thought I started thinking about it. I was like, God damn. Kind of true, though. Like, you never hear the anthems and the little lyrics and you don't see the movies you know, many societies, and I, you don't ever see it that way. It's always us is the ones that get the retribution, <laughs> and then we leave the justice and the law enforcement to the other other people, and then we cry when they don't give us the outcome we want. We never wait for the outcome when it comes to our stuff, though. We, we ride. I just think that's something uh, something else we can also kind of think about after this, and maybe moving forward since we're gonna be unified and stuff. Then let's really get unified. Okay, let's let's send that message out because it don't make no sense for us to have judge, jury, and executioner on our own people, but everybody else can get a pass. That can't be the rule of the streets. We'll yeah, lose you ain't lying. Time. We'll lose every time. <laughs> Whatever happened to the deacons of defense? Ah. Allegedly, that's what they originally started these gangs for, right? Was to protect our own people. Maybe we need to go back to the to the books and and remember why this whole thing started because it then got so twisted around where your own people is gonna kill you when there's dis disputes 
we're just going to automatically target ourselves. But when any outside forces come, oh, man. Oh, God, that's not, I, don't, I mean, I'll look at you straight. Well, let's go right on. Go over there and right on. Huh? Oh, nigga, you tripping. Well, oh, I'm hashtag, hashtag uh, Trayvon. Um, let's we gonna march. Where the writers at? So I, that's all. I'm just saying it's something to think about. It's something to think about. I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say it now because <laughs> I don't have enough. Because uh, what I'm what I'm gonna say. We can talk about it for another day, but I think it's about some form of conditioning. Of course. In the community. Yeah. It's about, it's a bit like, um, how, how can I? Cause just you know just what, call it what it is. Negroes are scared. Yes. There you go. That, yeah. It's about a form of like, we're basically powerless as much as we like to big our chests up and say that we're somebody and we're people we are people but we're still sheep we still got that same mentality that we had or you know from since the slavery it's all to do with that conditioning and it's just exhausting now, um, now you see what i'm saying about cardi b's of the world <laughs> please don't start your nice. <laughs> but yes you're that's right that condition it all adds yeah. up. I was going to say, we've been too comfortable with dysfunction. Mm-hmm. We don't understand what a, like, okay, growing up with a father in the house. What, nigga, your daddy's still with your house? You know your daddy? Mm. That is like, it blows people's minds. And that's an, un- that's an unfortunate uh, thing. I'll just use that word. It's an unfortunate thing in our community that we're comfortable in dysfunction. And that's something that needs question. to change. What was that? Can I ask a question? Oh, Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, this is all for you, all of you guys. So, because uh, Quentin just brought this up just now, that uh, people people are still surprised of having a father figure in someone else's household. That's a thing still. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but it. <laughs> Okay, because this because this is a conversation we're all having together, but everybody else there's going to be so many listeners tuning in. But and I hope some young people or whoever is naive and ignorant to even make those comments or have those thoughts in their mind. I hope you understand that it's very important to have a male figure inside a household, no matter even if the parents are together. Co-parenting is important. It's just I just find it after I've. Hmm. I only, to me, I've, I'm quite shocked because I like I only see those things portrayed in movies and TV shows. Only the ones that I end up getting a chance to watch. Sometimes, I just find it quite surprising that people are still shocked. Like it, but is it? it, it do people wear like a badge of honor? Like, yeah, my dad's not at home. He doesn't live with my mum, and he's not around. Like it's that's because that's more like that's more of an embarrassment than a badge of honor. Like I don't, I don't think understand. It's, a badge. it's not a badge of honor. I guess I'm saying to the point that does that is that still happening? Yes, like is that well, that's still a thing? Uh, well, but I don't know if people hold that and be like, yeah, my daddy ain't here. I don't know about that. But the reason why I say that is because if they're saying, "Well, your daddy's still at home," I'm thinking, "So, well, your daddy's not at home." Like, yeah, my dad's not at home. That, that, that's what I'm getting at. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, why would you say something like that if uh-huh. you know? But okay, sorry. Man, I'd be sorry about. 
No, cause I just, I just wanted, cause you got me thinking. Like every time you, you guys like bring up points, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. And then I have uh, ended up wanting to say something, and I just feel like I have to hold back because I don't have enough evidence to back up my points. Oh no, no, don't, don't be uh, disc- I, you know, the the receipts thing is that's that's just me talking crazy with, with Keith. You know, we don't always have to walk in here and have like fucking research on what we say. Our opinions is just everyone's opinions are valid, but I, I hear you. Okay. Um, all right. Anything else you might want to say about Nipsey or anything? I'm worried um, about Lauren. I was just about to say you to that. Um, <laughs> fuck Kodak Black. Oh, we don't talk about Kodak. We just talk about Lauren, please, because that one. If we just say ignore that he said that. Please ignore him. Well, look, can, can I say this since you brought it up on that? And I saw that video just before we started. Uh, well, first of all, he, he is a clown. <laughs> but the only thing I can I, I will say in his defense in that comment. Better not say it. Well, see, the thing is, I don't know if he was live streaming that or if he knew that he's being recorded. He could have he could have just been talking to his boys and and dudes talking crazy. Dudes all do it. We've all done it. It's insensitive, but Katz has said insensitive stuff before. If he's saying that out in the open and public, then I wholeheartedly condemn him. But if he's saying that in a private situation and somebody's putting that out, I don't defend what he said, but again, it wasn't necessarily for public consumption. So we got to be careful. We're calling people out on stuff that they never intended it to be put out there to begin with. And he's speaking, he thinks he's speaking in a guarded situation because i don't i think he's a fool but i'd be shocked if he was that foolish knowing he is in public saying something as crazy like that as and it's only just happened like i don't know what coon delaney mindset where he thinks this is gonna (laughs) work for him and make him some money or he can't be that crazy that's the only that's my only reasoning behind that because he's talking so reckless i don't think a dude would actually say that in the public but that's just me i'm giving the benefit of the doubt did you see the oh. video of him talking about he why he why he won't date a dark skinned woman? I've seen all of this stuff. Yeah, I've seen. I know. I know who he is. Okay, so oh, I'm just saying. So okay, come on, man. Being comfortable and dysfunctional once again. Mm-hmm. It, it could be. Yeah, I got again. It's deplorable, but I'm not shocked about what he said because I know cats be thinking like that. Hey, war brides are a thing. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Um, you know, back I don't want to take you guys on a history lesson, but you know, back in old times. If a tribe takes over another tribe, kills all the men, the women are up for grabs. That's not the case here, but the concept yeah. is older, you know, as old as time itself. Yeah, I would hope that we are more civilized now. <laughs> well, we obviously we not, but <laughs> cats openly saying that on online. That would be such a, a new low to the game. I don't even understand the mindset. That's just some wild shit, but. Laura London, man, I, I I feel so sad for her, man. Like, ugh. I I don't know what I would do in situations like that. And the thing about it she is, it's like for so much. And the thing of it is, is like they essentially had uh, engagement pictures taken in GQ, and a oh, month later, yeah. dead. Right, right by Hungry Heralds too. And Hungry Heralds was never a gang spot, so it's a trip to see that. Yeah, it's just a trip to see that. Damn, you exposing me. I don't know what the hell a Hungry Heralds is. It's right on Slauson. It's a, it's a burger place. Across from the barbecue spot. Woody's? Right? Mm-hmm. No, Phillips. That's Phillips. No, Woody's. 
Well, man, shout out to Nipsey Hussle, his children and family. You know, um, man, that's that's a that's a tough thing to have to uh, get through. I guess I just I just pray for his kids, man. I, that's what I'd be thinking about. Sad for them, man. All right. Uh, oh, there's some. There got to be some other stuff. I probably am forgetting. My mind is all over the place. Um, you want to talk about your uncle Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, really, that's a cute thing, but, you know, Joe Biden, I think, was it more women coming out on him? Have come out, I think. Uh, and I see he got jokes. He was giving a speech, I believe, recently, and he sort of made a joking reference to this whole Joe Biden touching women stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. What you, what you think about it, Quinn? Well, the one thing that caught my attention... On Biden is that now Kamala Harris has come out putting oh, her yeah. two cents, saying that she believes these uh, these accusers, and it's unfortunate that Q has left because when they started talking the whole Democratic nomination several months ago, the, the money was on her and Biden being on the ticket together. That ain't gonna happen now. Now that she's gone ahead and done this. So I don't know why, again, again I'm not privy to anything, but she seems to have gone all in on her uh, candidacy and damn being a VP for anybody else. So we shall see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I just want to sit back and see what the Democrats are going to do because there'll be civil war (laughs) going on with this. It's kind of funny how, you know, I'm I'm seeing people like, oh, this isn't nothing. Why are they coming out with this with this Joe Biden? Which kind of reminds me how they were somewhat dismissive of Al Franken's indiscretion and definitely how they were calling the Republicans uh, being petty. And it was a witch hunt when it was Bill Clinton. But I could have sworn for the past since 2016, all I've had to heard about is, well, you know, you got that that guy that's in the White House grabbing women by the pee. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Do we care about this or we don't? Help yeah. me out. Hey, man. Only when it's not against our side. <laughs> Whatever side that is. Pretty much. Yep. And I saw, I think it was in the chat, this thing about... Uh, Eternal loser. Yeah, I said it. Hillary Clinton developing a black accent when she goes uh, to certain places. <laughs> no, that was that was Ocasio. Old, that, well, no, no, no. I posted an old video of Hillary. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, Hillary, yeah, go up, man. She, Hillary know how to, listen, Hillary, <laughs> she going in, boy, she know what she talking. That's why, she, you know, hey, they, they know what to do, who they speaking to. But uh, that's in reference to that, what's her name? I don't know this lady. It's AOC. AOC, yeah. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> it was a video that came out. I guess she was speaking in the Bronx or something. I saw. I think Al Sharpton was there. But in the video, she kind of got that little, I want to be very careful, quote-unquote black accent, which I have a black problem. Accent. Black accent. I have a problem with that. Like, that's not, everybody don't talk that's about That's why I hate, uh, mm-hmm. what's my man's name from NBC? Carson Daly. I can't stand his ass for that shit. He talked. I tell you what, if I if I met him, and he did that with me, I'd punch him. Oh shit! What are you talking about? He he does what? The black set shit, man. Oh man, tired of that shit. If you look at some old Carson Daly like uh, clips 
from his show, he'd have a hip-hop guy on, and then he would just go into it. Yo, word, when's this dropping, yo? Really? <laughs> really? Yo to the mother stuff, huh? Yo, yo, yo. <sighs> but yeah, she had her little thing, and you know, some people try to call her out. She said that that's just how they talk in the Bronx sometimes, and you know, she can flip it on and off, blah, blah, blah. Me personally, I don't, again, I have nothing against this young lady. She's doing her thing. Whether or not I actually support what she's talking about, I do salute that she's making noise and doing her thing out here. But I do have a problem when people feel like they got to talk a certain way. Exactly. Quote, unquote, especially to black people, which I am one. Because then that was the assumption is that we all sort of speak like a southern type of draw, which we don't. And I don't... So, and to me, I'd rather you just come with some facts and lay your plan on the table. You don't need to tell me the plan in a way you think I talk. Like, that's condescending to me. That's that's that bullshit. Exactly. So I don't like it's, that. The same way I don't like that Hillary Clinton, that clip, that shit is corny. Like, stop it. What do you... You look more stupid than you sound. Like, I just don't... I don't like that shit. But go ahead. Well, I was going to say... AOC oh. said... I'm sorry, Clinton. No, no, I'm sorry. I keep jumping on. No, well, one thing that uh, AOC said, and I don't watch this show, <clears throat> but she was on, I'm going to butcher the name so somebody jump in and help me, Deuces and Marrow. Uh, yeah, I saw clips of that. You know, and she comes out in the hallway of, I guess, their Congress building or whatever, and does this, whatever the fuck that means. I'm like, look, you're a congressman, you're a senator now, we don't do that. Okay, we don't do that. Yeah, I saw I saw a little bit of that. It, to me, she got to be people. It's listen. I'm only gonna speak for black folks. I can't speak for. <laughs> I'm only speaking for me. I, I, I know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump on that. But to me, we don't need to be doing none of that kind of stuff. Yeah, we might talk like that amongst each other. But I say you save that for when you're in the presence of your peoples and it's comfortable. But to put that out on blast. We don't need to be. We don't have. Let's get our bags right first and get positions of power. Then we can do all that lackadaisical, what we would do behind closed doors. But we don't have any time to be doing all that. Now, if AOC and they want to do all that, that's done them. I'm they, hold. They can hold that nut. I'm only dealing with my people. I just don't like when we need to get out. Let's handle business as much as you know, like Obama. He kept it a, a hundred and kept it about business and a presentation. And le let's get the power first. Then I can do all the milly whopping and all that. Uh, <laughs> once, once I'm elected and I'm and I done done my second term. But before then, let's just be suited and booted, handle business, man. We don't need have time to be playing around when we dealing on that level. Now, if you were an entertainer or somebody, all bets are off. But if you're trying to be on some power shit and I just don't think that we don't have time to do that, man. You know, and it's not, you can say it's not fair. It ain't fair, but let's get the bag first. Then we can worry about being fair. Let's have some ground to stand on so they can't wipe pull the, I told you, see, you know, let the Hillary Clintons get the push of tease and let the Bernie's get the killer mics. And, and I love these cats. But if we trying to do business and stand, we can't be standing up there with, with the hip hop, hippity hop, and uh, where some questionable shit. We need to be about our business first, cause they already looking this. Oh, see, see, 
You're already are, can you are you going to be able to handle these millions of the now nah, let's get business first and then we can do all that other shit man i'm cool that's why i'm I'm cool <laughs> i don't know if people's hating on that i don't really give a fuck man Mm-mm. and that's why they be and that's why they go and run to get those people because they think that's what you like and i love killing mike but to me bernie sanders standing next to killing mike that's corny that's corny as hell to me and I think Killing Mike is dope as hell. He's smart. But the shit just looks corny. It looks, the optics of it, I don't like it. <laughs> as a black man, I don't like it. <laughs> it look like you, you, you playing Morpheus to that cat or something. Eh. You playing Magical Negro to real people. What are you doing? And that's why I said it. So. And it's unfortunate because there's a certain contingent of black people who will take that run with it and say oh see i told you i told you they're they're looking out for us you know they're invited to the cookout and all that stuff that's why that still works yeah i, I mean i know yeah that's true it don't work with me but i but it do work with a lot of people unfortunately mm-hmm. we gotta get out of that shit what, um, what about reparation what do you mean yeah see where was the killer mike and all that is he when it come down to it, he, he don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. That got me started. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is they got some pictures of Nipsey Hussle and Lauren London in the chat. And also, let me invite all of our listeners. Again, we, we mentioned this chat room that we have. It is open to y'all. If you go to podcastjuice.net, and go to this to this particular show you're listening to there's going to be a link that'll say discord chat you click on that whether it's on your phone or your computer you can be right in there and you can see us live we be a lot of times we be there every day at some point and you can spark conversation and you know get in so uh, i would invite all of us to get down on that some lively conversations <laughs> on the chat room you know, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> well, we all get in there and mix it up at some point, but you know it's all love, man. It's just another way of staying connected. Um, any other topics or anything else you want to bring up? Yes, um, this is a game, you guys. Nineties music in four words. Go. Say that again. And in 90- English this time. <laughs> I can't deal with you. you Leave know her what? alone. Come on, why do you always keep coming for me? Like, come on. Mm. I'm speaking real proper English. The Queen's English. Oh. You know, oh. with a little twang of Jamaican patwar, but it's all right. Oh. You're not understanding where I'm coming we from. So right. we, no we don't recognize Queens over here. Sorry. You don't wow. recognize Queens over here? It said, it said Beyonce. Okay. Beyonce oh. who? Wow. But we, anyway, okay, so go back game. to what that you were saying. That was Chloe Calvin. Go back to she go back to what you, go back to what you were saying. I didn't hear, I didn't hear the question. What did you ask us to do? Nineties music in four words. Oh, nineties oh. music. Mm-hmm. And four words. Oh, here's one. I hit him up. No, I gave you strength. All right, all right. So like, no real rap, no mumble. <laughs> Hilarious! Wow. <laughs> Uh, hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm so into you. I don't know. Because <laughs> in the 90s, 
you know, I'm, I'm older than everybody here. The 90s, you could see the beginning of the end of musicianship. And now, in this particular climate, you know, you see things like all the mumble rap, all the American Idol pre-produced bullshit. Jeez, where's it all going? So back in the 90s, I guess, I don't know. Beginning of the end? Head of its time? I would go with head of its time, but... Um, I don't know if I'd have four words, but... I, yeah, four words is hard. I would just say, uh, for me, I would say like Neo Soul or something like that. Because it's trending on Twitter, so I thought it is a topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what you guys think of it. Because people says, name a symbol, and they're talking about Prince. And I'm like, what? No. Not Prince. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's what it's saying. And I'm like, what? Yeah. But but making me think about 90s music now, I actually think 90s music, there's a lot of great stuff. Like, a lot of great stuff. Uh, I don't really think about it. R&B. Oh, my God. I understand people have the affinity for the 70s because you had a lot of different groups and bands and they laid the groundwork for music. But that 90s, man, it was good. And oh, R&B man. definitely ain't been the same since... Yeah, I agree with that. No, I agree with that completely. Yeah, same. That was the last great uh, run for R and B, in my opinion. But didn't during the '90s we go through a mm. like a factory where there are a bunch of R and B groups get four brothers together, give them a song, throw some loud shirts and some polyester on them, and let them do their <laughs> thing. Like we had Mister. I mean, you mean uh, so for real? Yeah, you remember Mister So for real? What is a Mister? I have no idea. <laughs> I bet I, if I put, I'll put them in the chat. You'll see. Probably, probably right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there um, was there obviously you know, but I mean, you could probably say that about hip hop at that time too. There was definitely a template for a lot of these genres, but and they're often producer driven too. Mm-hmm. But I think every uh, era had a template, whatever that template was. Also true. Now, was it during the '90s or the 2000s where um, producers started trying to build their own labels or like their their spin-off label? Okay, Okay. Mm '90s. I think the music videos are quite great and creative. That's like a kind of like even though that's talking about music, the music videos that came out during the '90s were quite interesting. In I a think good the way. 90s were, in terms of, I'm just only speaking really in terms of R&B and black music, and I guess pop to a degree, were really just like, uh, not an answer, but I would say there's a direct correlation between coming off of Michael Jackson of the 80s and then how that rolled into the R&B superstar stars of that point you know where they were more like coming off of michael but then they have that hip-hop influence to it mm-hmm. and to me i can see like a direct sort of like it was an answer to it like and not gonna be michael <laughs> we don't have that talent but but i mean we are talented in different ways uh and i thought that was the death that was the last of the black pop r&b superstar like I, I think after that it was over like to me i, I guess someone argued probably chris brown would be the last of that <laughs> but i don't think he was no. as big as like a bobby 
or even an usher. Not even you know nearly I mean? in the re- yeah. the conversation. Yeah. No. I'm not saying he's not talented. He's got okay. cuts. Please. Calm down with Chris Brown. Please put some respect on his name. That's what I said. Uh, I and <laughs> Never. Oh, Lord. Dude is now, talented. I just... I'm not saying he's not talented. He can't live down the Rihanna thing in his mind. That's yeah. It, no, I knew you said yeah. I had to bring her name up. Just, but just please. But that's what no. you're going for. No, that, exactly. He's gone that's, down in exactly. infamy because of that. That's, what, that's why people know his name. Yes. Lord. Now, this uh, Mr. Yeah, I'm not... No. Okay. I'm looking at this guy with his Blackberry molasses video. Yeah, I, I don't see I, I don't. They were one hit, kind of a one hit thing, but there was a lot of groups like that. T- today. Yes. Tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. What? <laughs> there was today. I remember that. What? What's that? Yeah, Jay, Big Condition, Silk. I'm just talking about male groups like Blackstreet, Jodeci, Mint Condition. Who else? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't put Blackstreet in there because they were because they, they, they were a project of Teddy Riley, so they have to go under his whole umbrella. Okay, by that no. by I, that logic, by that logic, Mark, then you can't put the time in. That's what I was about. Thank you. Speak you, know, time, you wouldn't put the time, time in the nineties, though. I'm just no. saying, if you were going to say R and B acts, then you can't put the time in. I didn't. H Town, Boys to Men, <laughs> Drew Hill, Jagged Edge. Drew Hill, oh man! I I really want to like Drew Hill, but that Cisco when he yes. said that, oh no, don't compare us to Jodeci. We're bigger than him. Bro. It was just like, man, come on, bro. <laughs> Silk, <laughs> next. Yeah. Oh man, After Color Me Bad. Oh, Color no, Me Bad. Ain't no, that guy? No. Ain't he a Prince fan? The the white guy in that band. Oh, calling me bad. So for real, player, the rude boys. Oh, wait, wait, player. Player, that's a temp- Timberland. Uh-huh. Yeah, Anybody exactly. remember a group called Pobrook and Lonely? Yep. Uh, that would be a no. Okay. <laughs> they was on Ruthless, Ruthless Records. Yep. True. Yep, were. <laughs> that song, Twisted. Player oh, yeah. and Mr. Uh-huh. Public <laughs> announcement because of R. Kelly. Yeah. Wait, were they, were they their own deal because without R. Kelly? I don't know if they ever came out with anything after he left the group. I don't know. I yeah, ideal, intro, high Anything. five, high five, solo, oh, portrait, portrait. Oh, I, just, oh, I was just playing that. Uh, As I mean, yet, honey, honey dip, girl. So See, this fun. is why I bring up this topic. I knew you guys would like, you know, has something interesting to say about the nineties. Portrait. Oh, I'm just reading off a list. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember all these groups too because I had all their CDs. Mm-hmm. Still do, actually. Yeah, man. 90s I think we need to. A lot of Mike, great music. Uh, I know it's your Discord, but I think you need to add a music uh, channel on there. We What's just that? dump some of our recommended. We need to add a, a music channel. Oh, okay. Guy. Wow, Guy, Joe Public. Oh, my God. Joe Public? Remember them? They had the video. They were playing instruments and stuff. Yeah, live and learn. Oh, shit! I forgot those guys. Mm -hmm. You got to live and learn. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I wonder what happened Mm -hmm. to those cats, Mm baby. Go to your look. No, let me stop. Let me stop. Can I finish it? Let's hear it. No, nope, nope. I'm going to do a brother like that. I was gonna say a grocery store. You never know. Oh, wow. That's why it's so disrespectful. That's why I did, Chloe. Chloe, you're mm. right, one, aren't you? 
Wow. Really? <laughs> Here's what they think about. Good, I'm not, goodness. Is he taking hey, what, the you're the one, you're the one that again. got me to talk like that, eh? You're like, just say it. Get it I off your chest. I don't talk chest. like that. I don't talk like What do you mean I talk like that? I don't talk like that. No, you, no, you told me that. No, it's not that. Oh. You told me. You said, <laughs> say it. So I did. <laughs> So, um, actually, I was actually quite interested in a story about Bill Cosby. Um, a story came up regarding some more people have come forward and they're looking to be paid. And his lawyer basically said no. Good. Um, I put in a chat. Um, so, Bill Cosby, attorney, 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 you're hearing his accent now? Bill Cosby, attorney, speaks out after reports of lawsuit. Suit settles with several accusers. He's not paying anyone <laughs> anything. So, um, did you guys get a chance to read an article? I have not read it. Okay, I'll play it on me. Okay, all right. Oh, I don't really like reading out loud, but um, go ahead. no. Okay, yeah, I'll yes. get fine. I want um, like uh, Michael, can you help me, please? You want to read it out because you're like the you the can't read, you can't read, can you? Floyd Mayweather. Damn. Back with the transatlantic burn. No, I can't read. I just don't feel. I'm scared of reading out loud. There's so many people. All right, I'll read this. There you go. And got you. Where you want me to go? Where you want me to go? Chloe Mayweather. What's the overall? An attorney represents seven women, told a judge in Massachusetts federal court that they are satisfied with a settlement resolving their claim of being defamed by the actor, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The women filed suit in 2014, claiming an attorney for Cosby, who's currently serving three to ten years for blah, 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 tarnished their reputation by telling the media they fabricated their absurd and ridiculous claims of sexual misconduct. However, while the settlement was reached, a representative for Cosby took to Facebook minutes after the news broke and denied the Cosby Show star had anything to do with it. Mr. Cosby did not settle any case with anyone. He is not paying anything to anyone, and he's still pursuing his counterclaims. AIG decided to settle these cases without the knowledge, permission, and or consent of Mr. Cosby. Mr. Cosby vehemently denies the allegation brought against him in these defamation suits, and he maintains his innocence. The reason AIG comes into play is because Cosby had homeowner's insurance through the company, because of that, a judge ruled in 2016 that AIG had to defend him in this lawsuit and two others similar, including one filed by Janice Dickinson. Oh, God. Oh. Janice. Yeah, this is just, it's just so they pretty much said we want to get our name away from Cosby, so we'll pay this shit to make it go away. Wow. Janice Dickinson is like the whole, she's like the Wade Robeson of that whole situation. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> mm. Well, her shit was fake as fuck, man. We need uh, speaking of uh, topic ideas. We need to have the the all encompassing Michael Jackson didn't do it show. So we can all just oh, beat shit out yes. of you. Yeah, I still ain't even watched the thing, and I just know it's not. I'm never watching no it. I don't need to, to watch, watch it. it. Yeah, I mean, it's bullshit. Are you guys talking about a documentary? Yeah. I fell asleep during the first piece, one. More like it. Sorry. I said it's more of a hit piece because it's only one sided and you're going to be swayed to that side because that's the only one there. And it's completely 
fabricated. And and the way that a lot of people have come out in in the you know aftermath and said, "No, nah, this ain't what happened." And I'm talking about people who were there, people who were young who were there. And and again, the one that stands out the most to me is my man Aaron Carter. He's like, "Look, I'm gonna put hands on him when I see him." Dude, just to to generate that type of response tells me a lot right there. You know, now, would Aaron Carter be considered a real one for that? Real, real, real <laughs> what? If he if he runs across Safe Chuck and Robeson and does put hands, I'm gonna have to say yeah. <laughs> you know, but Feldman, uh, what's the other guy? Macaulay Culkin? They're like, nah, man, it's all bullshit. And who kept it the clearest was Tito's son. Was it Tito's son? No, Jackie's son. Siggy God. came out. Well, Taj, because oh. I saw one with Siggy, too. Oh, okay, okay. He kept it one million. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I salute the, 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 the family members, the younger kids. And that's how it really should be, the, the younger family members you know, coming right out on. and speaking, you know, in defense of their uncle and their family. That That's dope to me. I don't really care what the wage and all of them say. You know, Catherine got the bag, family's straight. Let them say what they want to say. Uh long as they're not pulling no money out of the situation the jackson family is straight you know they, the kids stepping up as they should protecting the grandmother and the and you know michael's kids so they're good man the jackson's is good and it's cool you know and it's cool that the fans stepping up and the as i say the streets or the internet streets they gonna clear up all the they'll point out all the bullshit as they're doing so they are you know you can let them do all that. They they gonna crack all that stuff open and expose what needs to be exposed. But it's cool that uh, the core Jacksons like Janet. Uh, I think we saw a report that Janet on code behind the scenes. Uh, what was it? The uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hall, yeah, she wouldn't she, play. She wouldn't play because she know uh, mm-hmm. HBO is broadcasting, so they don't. They're not eating off of her. Oh yeah, that, like that's that. how you're supposed like to do it. She don't need to say nothing and be out protesting. Just doing uh, doing work, making action. We don't need to be in emotions. Oh, you you guys are getting money off it? Like, not from me. Cool. Can I get my award and keep it pushing? See how they're not all in their feelings and causing mm-hmm. a scene. It just doing great business, getting their props and keep it. They're not eating off us. We're good. So I, I love how they're doing. You really don't really, I think the week that the, the, the documentary came out, you saw the brothers came out, but I kind of like how they just fallen in the back and set the kids out there. They legends, man. They don't need to be even addressing foolishness to somebody who's, who was a whack ass choreographer. Thank you. Cloud chasing. They, it's below them. They don't really need to speak on that. That's, let the fans, that's light work. Let the fans have, they're going to take that. They'll deal with you. We're legends. We don't even entertain that shit. My little, my little son, he's going to go out there and, and say something. So they, they, the Jackson's handling it tight, actually. I like, I like how they're doing it. You know, what stands out to me, I probably should wait on this, but fuck it, I'm not going to. <clears throat> what stands out the most to me, and I'm not going to mention names, is that when Here we go. <laughs> all this came out, a lot, and I'm not. I'm not a huge Michael fan, so I'm, I'll only put that disclaimer out there now. But I didn't need to see the headpiece. I know a headpiece when I hear one. So, uh, but I saw fan quote fans watch that headpiece, 
eat it up with a fucking spoon, then go on social media, ooh, I think he did it, and start crumpling Pepsi cans. That was some bullshit. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I'm not mentioning names. <laughs> but that was some bullshit. And you called yourself a fan, and you're not even going to hear the other side? And fuck that. Weak. Weak sauce. That's what that is. I have a question, and forgive me because I'm probably going to be sacrilege on this. But one, is Emmanuel, is it Emmanuel or is it Manuel? Whatever. Is he still alive, Emmanuel Lewis? Webster? Oh, yeah. 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 As far as I know, yeah. Okay, and he hasn't come to the forefront about any of this, right? No. no. I don't believe so. Hey. No. And Michael used to pack him around like a kid. Well, like his son. <laughs> <laughs> on his hip. True. So if anybody had something to say, maybe Emmanuel or Emmanuel would have said something. There's a video clip where someone asked him, and he said, hell no. There you go. Yeah, so. I heard Emmanuel Lewis ain't no joke, man. uh, I can believe it. I can believe it. You know, you got that Napoleon complex, too, probably. Run up on it. Wow. It's like, I can. I'm just saying, I can believe it. Just like Gary Coleman. He was the wrong one, actually. Like, you've seen him. Gary Coleman will fuck you up. Yeah, he. I mean. You might be a slap shit, but he wasn't gonna back down and talk. Let you talk crazy to him. And, <laughs> ain't nothing like that. But anyway, yeah. But <laughs> I posted an article in the chat um, for media, and they were it was somebody from Chloe's neck of the woods talking about why is the UK they they keep going into this and finding discrepancies and holes in their story. And it's still uh, making and news. The US and the U.S. media won't do it. Yeah. And yeah, the U.S. isn't, you know, exposing like, hey, this came out, and you know, and not even said, oh, they found this, they found this. Like, not even the U.S. media websites. And I guess the the best I can get to it is is that it got the Oprah co-sign, and that's all it did. Well, it, it was a co-sign of people that was on that that yacht. Oprah mm. was on David Geffen. And some <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <the> big power players. <laughs> yeah, but, but hey, as we know how they put hit pieces out, they certainly can control the flow of certain stories if they want to. And it's probably no different in this case. You know, it is what it is. But well, we should know that going in. So that's why when you see these documentaries, if they don't show you the full picture, then you just treat it, then there's really no reason to even get all hooked in and they can't all they're doing is trying to sway your mind you know and that's what they did unfortunately for some people but i think in the long run ain't gonna have no effect on mj's legacy at all at all mm-hmm. i was at walmart the uh last week looking why t- oh I, I shopped at walmart <laughs> I, 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 as far as my groceries and stuff but they have a cool t-shirt t-shirt section where they have pop culture t-shirts and lo and behold the newest one of the sets in the newest shirts is michael jackson shirts I don't like oh man, man. Mike Mike is good, man. You know the merchandising they getting paid. It ain't ain't stopping stopping nothing, man. And it was so funny. Last thing I'll say, I was I know I'm late to the party, super late. But I told you I didn't really fuck with the Beatles. But I was I found myself last night, I got down a rabbit hole, I started listening to some Beatles stuff on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I'm listening to it, I'm like, I see why. I see why they are who they are. Like this. This is some shit. I was like, this. When I find the time to really sit down, I already know this is some shit. I hear it. You know, I can I can hear a lot of these other artists I like. I hear they biting the fuck out of this. I get it. These niggas is trendsenders. I know some of these songs. I never even listen to them. 
But I started thinking, I said, it's, this was a cold piece of work that Mike owned this shit. Because <laughs> this stay holy grail of music, and he owned it, the publisher. Yep. That is a cold piece of work. And that's why I was like, Mike, Mike is no, was no joke, boy. And Mike gave Paul the opportunity. He said, look, yep. man, it's out there. Paul's like, I'm not going to spend that money. Okay. <laughs> this is sure, Mike. Sorry, more, that was more like Ringo, but that was pretty good. Was pretty good. <laughs> and this is why I give Paul McCartney a side eye. It's like, how, that, in my opinion, that can never be too much for your stuff. It's yep. yours. How are you going to exactly. say, okay, 40, 45, no, that's too much. It's yours. It's yeah. This is your stuff. And he didn't think, no, Mike. He didn't think nothing of Mike. Oh, he ain't going to buy it. He, he ain't rolling like that. He no, just sang, he, is. he sang good, but that's, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Mike was I see Paul put him on that. Yeah. Paul's like, you better get some publishing. <laughs> and, you know, and I know this might be sound crazy for me to say this, but in 1984, I was like, damn, Mike got 50 million like that? Like, damn. I mean, because I'm just thinking, you know, back in those days, you know, how many of those um, artists from Motown and from the 60s, especially a black artist, actually survived with money like that? That's why I'm like, Well, damn. that was, what year did he buy that publishing? 85. Oh, yeah, he had the, oh, the, wow. the Thriller bag. Was yeah, that's what I was Going was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, see, I thought that happened in the 90s. Okay. Mike beautiful head of the game, man. Mike, yeah, you, you brought up brought up the Beatles, and you said you went down the rabbit hole. This makes me think of something you mentioned to me in the chat. Talk about, if you wish, uh, what you thought about the Sebastian Bach oh, book. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I am not finished, but let me tell you, uh, I barely knew Skid Row. Like I vaguely remember their name from MTV. I know the face of that singer, Sebastian. So just on a whim, I was just looking through different bios to listen to on Audible. It came across it. I said, yeah, let me get it. Starless. And he narrates it. Oh, cool. It's very entertaining. It's very good. Uh, he basically is telling his story of how he you know, grew up and then got into rock and music and stuff. And you can hear it's cool to me listening to it now because I hear some of the other parts of the story I didn't see in the Dirt movie. Because he's got relationships with, you know, uh, Montley Crew, and they had the same manager. Uh, so you hear the other side of some of these things uh, that we saw in the movie or kind of got inclinations of. And it was it's just a it's a very entertaining uh, audio book. He he uh, like smoking weed throughout the book as he's telling it. He'll stop the story and go into these like, I'm going to give you guys a bonus story that's not in the book, you know. And he'll go down that rabbit hole for a little bit. But uh, I've been listening to it straight for the last couple of days. I listen to it on my commute to work. So I listen to it like an hour at a time. But man, it's very good. Like, And that's what started me on that rabbit hole because I was listening to his stories. And I was like, you know what? I want to see some of these clips of these performances he's talking about. You know, So I wanted to watch some of that Russia. Uh, yeah. Or that big concert. Yeah, I, that. I wanted to talk, see some of that. He starts the book talking about a fight or a brawl that he was on stage and he he said his, he was bleeding and then some guy threw something at him and then he threw something back into the crowd and then jumped in the crowd boots first come to find out he broke some girl's nose who had nothing to do with it and then he broke a guy's jaw 
with this boot and so but that's on youtube and i went back and watched that and so that's how i got to listening i was listening to some bon jovi shit bon jovi's in that book heavy i didn't know a lot about them either except for the big hits and to hear his version of bon jovi jovi it's very interesting man like there's a lot of tension between these guys damn near fights and power plays it's just very it's very interesting to hear the rock you know scene from his eyes and the guy that was in it and you know they getting all the chicks and doing the drinking and there's a whole part I, the last night it was a whole part about chris christina applegate yeah the girl from uh Man Man with children. children man like it was a whole little section about her and uh, i had no idea that he even knew her but yeah he, <laughs> them cast was wild man <laughs> that's all you already know <laughs> He he really didn't give a fuck. He was just a fool, but he's just a very charismatic, likable guy. Uh, but so yeah, I would if you want to just hear a good, entertaining bio, I would definitely say go listen to it. Like it's different from reading probably than actually hearing him tell it to you. Uh, it's like a almost like a podcast. But uh, yeah, so very entertaining. You know, it's something different for me. But uh, anyway. Uh, I'm not one for audiobooks, but if if you say it sounds like it's a podcast, I'm gonna have to go ahead and pick that up. I like the ones where it's the dude or whoever it is, they're actually the author. Telling, yeah. yeah, then it's you know, it's a whole thing. Like Kevin Hart, his his is like that. Um what's that one black lady? They call her the mother of black Hollywood. Wanda Sykes? Not Wanda Sykes. No, no. I know you're talking Jennifer about. Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis. Lewis. Oh, her book is phenomenal. You have to listen to her tell it, though. Like, ah, uh, she mm -hmm. is incredible, man. She's wild. <laughs> she Jennifer's was, wild. She's oh, wild. Yeah. <laughs> she was getting it in, but it's a great book, man. So I like those types, you know. Um, but anyway, anything else before we get ready to get up out of here? The Yeehaw Agenda is taking over the mainstream media so um the who agenda i'm sorry the yeehaw agenda uh, okay yeah so yeah i remember yeehaw yeehaw James uh, I, I think i'm saying it wrong because i'm, I'm saying it right, saying it right. And i'm from okay so um miley cyrus's dad um had oh, made a remix. Yeah. Ah, well, yes. I've been on this agenda before because yeah. I've been looking at this Instagram feed just dedicated to it, and I love. I what? Okay, this is what I love. Okay, Van Gogh moment. This is what I love about the Black American culture. You guys have so many different sections to it. It's just fascinating. I tend to forget that there are Black people from the South that take on that whole cowboy lifestyle and i'm just literally like i cause this is why it ties into this whole conversation about the 90s like back in the 90s i remember destiny's child's outfits when they were performing live i hope beyonce would wear the cowboy hats and they have you know the suede the boots the like the way how their dresses are cut and things like that the tassel like the tassels coming back into fashion it's just like so even little kim used to do like certain um editorials for magazines when she was black and um, I had to say that because Lil' Kim looks crazy different nowadays. But it's just so fascinating to see that. But I haven't heard the song yet where, um, where with um, Billy Ray Cyrus has created with this new rapper because there's always a new rapper with the, the name Little at the front of it, the front of their name. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't keep up. 
But I just remember there was this track that Nelly made a couple of years ago called Over and Over. I can't remember the person he collaborated with, but I remember that being a hit. Was that Tim McGraw? Yes. I remember that being a hit. And I thought that's kind of the, the start of um, the, the fusion of, you know, country music with rap and became, becoming mainstream. And everyone's having this massive, like you, like Quinton has mentioned, because of social media, you know, the buzz and the hype is more saturated now. Everybody's tend to be talking about it. Hence, it's why it's a trending topic on Twitter. And I actually like following it. I've been retweeting a lot of crazy stuff. But I, I remember like Mary J. Blige, there's this whole meme, you know, that meme that went viral of Mary in a club with a pink cowboy hat and a pink whole get up she got going on doing whatever the fuck she'd been doing. They're adding that to the agenda of the Yeehaw agenda. This is so, I don't know, you guys should follow it up and then tell me what you think. It's quite interesting. If you guys are on Instagram as well, there's a whole entire Instagram account dedicated towards it. I know you guys like a little eye candy, so that might be helpful as well Hilarious. to perk your interest up. But, you know, it's quite fun. Well, the, the, I think you're talking about, uh, is this that little Nas X song? That uh, Yes. Yeah, so the, I think the, the controversy, even why Billy Ray jumped on this, was that Billboard removed that song from the, uh, yeah, from the hot, hot yeah. country chart. And I think in a strategic move, you know, little Nas, or that's how you say his name, got in contact with Billy Ray and said, yo, won't you jump on the remix of this? Now let's see what they say. If I actually got one of the country stars on the song, are they going to try to play funny style and say this ain't country now? But see, to mm-hmm. me, this whole story really shows how they be on code and I hate to, to push it down a bit, but listen, here's the thing. When it's our genre, and I quote unquote our genres of music, anything goes. You can have your ushers, your Beyonce's, your uh, Chris Brown's, whoever. Oh, but if your shit is, is, is uh, certified enough, Justin Timberlake, uh, whoever. Uh, what's the what's the what's the cat they got now? Uh, he looked kind of crazy. He got that song on Spider Man. My daughter loves this song. White dude. He's oh, our, Post Malone. Post Malone. You got the Post Malones. All of them, come on in. It's wide open. We give me. We gonna embrace you. Get your money. Take the culture, do what you need to do with it. You love the music. But you fuck around and go on they stuff, that ain't the, that's not, nah. This ain't country enough, partner. Take that off the chart. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. I'll be trying to say. Don't be so happy when you think you're getting a seat at the table. See, we let everybody come in and get on rap, R&B, but they're not gonna turn. They're not gonna let you do the same thing. Same thing. Didn't they turn down Beyonce a few years ago? She was gonna perform. Yes. yes she performed yes. at that that See? award show. At first, I thought that was a bit weird. I was like, "What's she doing?" But now I, it's the all these same things are in thing. my face, and I'm like, I never, I never thought about that. Like, oh yeah, she was always been telling us she's from the south and you know representing. But see, they'd be like, "You're not gonna," and they're my, "You're not gonna disrespect our our stuff. We're not letting you in." And tell you to your face. I don't care. You Beyonce, sorry. Uh, who? Oh, this song is is coming. Is, is viral. You know, Little Nas. 
He's hitting. It's on the chart. It's the system that they created to chart these songs. Uh, not on this chart, it ain't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, not, nope. Sorry. So to me, this is the same. Now he got, like I said, I salute the young man. He's strategic. Oh, let me get Billy. I bet you, okay, I got Billy Ray on this. Now you're going to say it's not current. So he actually pushing back against the system and they trying to, you know, why explain it out? Uh, well, say it's not enough country elements in the song. Okay, well, I got Billy Ray. I got now. Billy Ray. <laughs> so it, is what what else you gonna come up with? But that's why I said we got to be just as protectful about our shit as obviously they be about theirs because they'll take your ass off the chart. They don't give a fuck. Like not over here, you ain't. So that's dope that this song is dope. I ain't heard it, but I salute the young man. But I just say to me, the bigger picture is see how they do so when we let everybody else in and we don't that's why oh mike you shouldn't be so hard on cardi and, but that's how they do they don't let you come in they shouldn't act a fool Mm-mm. they don't even have no discussions about it so why we have discussions about it but has any i was gonna say has anyone uh heard of Excuse me, Darius Rucker or Aaron uh, Neville? I was going to go right there. Yeah. yeah. Speaking up on this? I was going to go right there. Yeah. Yep. He's saying that. He's saying that. Because I, I heard countrymen. Who are they? I heard. Oh, really? Well, I heard Darius Wow. Is Charlie Pride still alive? Charlie's still with us, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard Where Darius on the uh, Questlove podcast. Oh, that's right. Say that, um, you know, BET and Black Radio have not, not only not embraced him, but they have, like, kicked him to the left. You know, but like, did, did he, he do? But did he do music that fit the the style of, that they would play on R and B and hip hop? Well, well, again, that uh, under the genre of hip hop, of course not. But if you're going to market yourself, and this was back an argument back in the '90s, as quote unquote black entertainment, it's like, well, I'm black, you ain't playing me. They didn't play Living Color either. A lot of things, yeah. Fishbone, yeah. you know, things they got no play. They probably didn't really play Lenny either, but but I, but my point nope. is to say he, they didn't do the genre of music that they played on those stations either, except for when Lenny did uh, Five. You know, he did. He, I don't even think Five really fits that genre. Oh, he had straight like I belong to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he was doing R and B shit on that album. That was a Prince vibe to me. Well, okay. Ample. <laughs> But either way, they, they don't. They, I mean, yeah, they didn't play them cats, but they wouldn't. To me, they're not gonna play you just because you're black. If you black and you're doing punk rock, they ain't gonna play you. But here's the thing: black entertainment television is it entertainment television for black people or entertainment television by black people or a mixture of both? I don't think it was. I don't think it was all entertainment by black people. It was this particular style of black entertainment. <laughs> At least well, yeah, that's like what said, they showed. I couldn't see him being on Video Saw, and they had my man, my little dude, Jerry Wu on there, among other non-black acts who were singing that genre. So I can that makes sense. That makes sense. But you know, if you're gonna have just like a like for instance, Video LP, that's pretty wide open. Just throw it out there, man. Color Me Bad was on there. Yeah, but they play R and B music. I mean, it'd be the same way. I'm sure they would have had a Justin Timberlake on there before they had um, a, a black person who was playing folk music. Tracy Chapman got no love either. That's true. And, but and, and and we didn't play her on the black radio stations either. It, it wasn't nope. because we didn't like her. It's just that we ain't listening to that type of music. She was and dope who? though. 
Same with uh, Michelle. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about Michelle. Michelle and Digital and that other. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Black people, and like Chloe was um, was alluding to, at least in the States, there's so many different shades of us that we can all coexist together from all genres of music, other entertainment, as well as the class system. There, we all can and should exist together. And that's the problem. There's too much um strat no, not the word I want to use. There's there's too much delineation. Like, okay, you're black, but you are this section of black, so I'll put you here. So that means you can't go over there. And it's just too much bullshit. It's too much bullshit. BET should have played Aaron Neville. Ray Charles was a country musician as well, in some some respects, as well as R and B and Soul. Darius Rucker and everybody else, Cowboy Troy, all of them. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you saying Ray Charles is on a whole other level. I don't whole other ball game. <laughs> he put yeah, in the work. But... He put the work in. You gonna play Ray? He gets a pass. Anybody, but I just think their audience would not watch that as much as we want to uplift and all that. I'm not saying people would not like the artist, but they're not gonna listen to that. They wouldn't watch that. They were not gonna throw on some genre. They know the audience is not gonna listen. They'd be like, "What the hell is this? We ain't listening to that." Well, they, he's black. So. <laughs> I ain't bumping that. <laughs> and it just don't fit. I, I mean, again, I have nothing against these. I'm just saying, they're not going to play. Just because you black, they're not going to play just because that's what you, you black. I mean, we don't, our, our, our formats don't get down like that. But I will say, I think that people respect those artists. They just probably don't listen to them like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I know who you are. I've seen you for. Maybe, did you buy any of my stuff? Well, nah, not because I don't have nothing against you. I don't listen to that type of music. Which, you know, you know that might be something to, to talk about, but it's just kind of like jazz. Like, did they have a... I, well, they did have a jazz thing, I think, on B, They had B- their own yeah. channel. Yeah, they had their yeah. own channel. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's to that particular... They don't mix that in with, oh, it's just black entertainment. They know the majority of their watchers ain't going to watch that. So we need to make that its own subset. Because we're not going to mess up the bag because we're trying to prove a point. Well, they could have played it at 11.30 at night or maybe midnight. Man, that was BT in the cut, baby. What you talking Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. They know you wanted to see that booty, Quentin. What you guys gonna yeah. I'm looking at a... Um, cold train on and we're going to put whole train on. Which, which one you going to watch? <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, 18 of Life Skid Row book from at the Amazon page. I did not know that Mr. Bach was from, and Anthony, I hope you can help me out here, Freeport in the Bahamas? Yes. He talks about that. Aunt, I lose you? I'm sorry. What did you say? I was watching a Cardi oh, B video. Wow. <laughs> and he was probably watching them, one of them grimy, you know, old school Cardi before she made it. Call <laughs> cool him out, careful. like, call him out. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, quiet. That's right, quiet. He ain't listening to no. no. He ain't watching no music video. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I ain't lying. I was. What, I just put it in the chat. Uh-huh. That video. I got uh, hypnotized. I am now watching the Cardi B video. <laughs> Let me scroll down. What's going on here? Oh lord. What was your question, Mark? You're uh, familiar, if not from the Bahamas, correct? No, no, not at all. I got. Jam- she's Caribbean. Jamaican. She's Jamaican. Caribbean. So are, th- are those? Okay, you know, she's Caribbean. To see you, right? 
Hold on now. Hold on. Um, are the two areas close to each other geographically? Very you talk about Jamaica and Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, slightly no. Bahamas is more closer to Miami. Jamaica's closer to Cuba, which is kind of further away from my, yeah. That said, no. To answer your question, it's a it's a one-hour flight. Hmm. So it's not like you know California and the Ukraine, though, right? They're in the it, general vicinity. I said it'd be Los Angeles and Vegas. Yeah, okay. Okay. Because I just uh, it's weird. I'm, Fucking, it's weird to me seeing that that's where Sebastian Bach, long, skinny, blonde cat, comes from. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Oh, I'm just mm-hmm. just to go back on Lipsy real quick, man. Oh. I, they're going to have his funeral services at the Staples. Okay. Oh, hey. I see yeah, the first day. Wow. That's going to be a lot of love in there. Oh, damn. Um, who was the lot? Um, what was the lot? Who was the Let me get this question right. Um, who was the last celebrity to have their own funeral memorial at the Staples Center apart from MJ? Ooh. Nobody. I don't think that might have been. I can't remember anything. You can say a lot. No, nah, never mind. I was going to say you could say some careers died there, but that's not. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, because I, I, apart from Michael, I haven't heard about any other celebrity have a memorial service in that building since MJ. Like I said, just the outpouring of love and respect for exactly. Uh, people, I, I know most of LA wanted to attend his funeral service. So this it's going to be smart crazy. Yeah, and I work near there, so I know what I'll be doing. Well, I know what you good. should be doing. Attending. Yeah. Exactly. Be I'll be there by us. a satellite. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got to be on code. Come on. Yeah, so I'll be there via satellite because I'm better not on the ground, but go. up in the tower. Some people got to work, man. Still got to eat. All right. Well, I think we are winding down. I was meant to be going to a party, but I guess that's not happening. Oh, did we cut into <laughs> your party time? I ain't going nowhere. I ain't even got my makeup or my hair done. My hair ain't even combed. I ain't got time for that. Mm. Just be there nappy and happy. Shit, have a good time. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, I still pressed it. This is what I'm saying. Like, black hair, like, we press it, and it still goes back to the Afro formation. I'm like, really? After all this hours spent? It's not fair. That's when you I don't even know how I'm going to go to work. Wear a hat. Hair hat. Or a head wrap. Hair hat. Hooligan. Hooligan. What's my man's name? I just tie it back in one. I just Go back with the, the Nick Cannon turban look now. I've never had a turban, so I really don't know what I look like. Well, Nick Cannon's rocking it. He's bringing it back. But Nick chance, Cannon has love. it because he has a medical condition. That is why he's wearing it, I'm assuming. Whoa, he does? Yes, that's why he's wearing it, because oh, of the lupus. Shit. That's I what I assume that. it was. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't think it's a fashion thing. <clears throat> does somehow a turban help lupus or something? No, but it's to like, you know how they lose their hair and stuff and things like that. So, I it's like a, a way of it's like Lost cancer patients hair. sometimes it, don't. I thought there was like a viral picture of him with some preacher Jerry curl from like a couple months back when you he know, was but, on some talk show or something. But he he does have money, but he still you he know bought a curl. 
Well, get it. I'm confused. <laughs> hey, man, you know, Steve Harvey had a flat top for, what, 15 years before he get let it go, right? No, I could have sworn I've seen pictures of, of Nick Cannon. He's here being braids. It's this braid. Like cornrows and stuff. Yeah. yeah I've seen that. I think he's wearing that thing for some, it means some other spiritual thing to him, to be honest. But I could be wrong. Mm. Pause. Can I just correct someone? Whoever said that I'm nappy, not all black girls' hairs are nappy, okay? All right. Nerve, just have to put that out oh, there. Yeah, I hear that. Because my hair is touching my back, so I don't know where that's going. Like, well, it's not like I don't have hair. It's a choice to wear <laughs> weave. Was that before or after you got in the chair? It touches your back. Excuse me? This touched your back <laughs> before or after you get out the chair. I'm lying down. So, what do you mean? <laughs> when I'm lying down, it doesn't matter. When I'm standing up, lying down, sitting down, my hair is still touching my back. It was, it was a weave joke. Much. It was a weave joke. Uh, fun, your weave joke. I had oh. no idea that the Bahamas were so close to Miami. Yeah. That's why it confuses me with Aaliyah. Like, why could she just take the boat instead of a plane? Oh, wait. That's another story for another day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, man, we're going to get ready to get up out of here uh, and do our thing. We're going to, we're going to, oh, I'm, I also, we're going to get back to um, some Purple Rain Minute. We're going to, we're going to set a date once we turn these mics off. And for the, for the people out there, we're going to bring that back heavy. We're coming back on that. Also, I want to talk about too. What could it? I probably could have brought this topic up. But it's too late now. I was actually thinking about. I was watching the Prince Seven video. Mm-hmm. And then just thinking of his move. Actually, I was. Yeah, I was. Th- and then I was listening to Steve Stout this morning uh, when he was talking on the Everyday Struggle. He mentioned Prince. I was. I want to have a conversation about Prince in terms of like it's interesting that he went through a whole sort of like a rebirth type of thing like um the, yeah to change his name but he really was playing up the whole i'm killing prince and i'm gonna be something different or you know be the symbol and like but his imagery of it i just always found very interesting too like especially when you look at the seven video you see like he sort of has images of of him that seem to be dying or being killed or or referencing things I just find that to be very interesting. And he had a whole album, obviously the come album, the way the presentation of that, like a you know, a man comes to a point in his life where he's like, you know, I, I want to shed the stuff that I was before, and that wasn't the first time he's done that. You know, really to me, where it was when he did um, Love Sexy concert. Yeah. You know that whole the first half of the show, and then he's like, okay, that's y'all like that, but I'm coming with some new. This is the new leaving that behind and change up and you know different outlook on life and stuff i feel like that that conversation sometimes we don't talk about that enough but i always find it very interesting that he was doing these types of things where he was not just a rebrand but it's like i'm rebirthing myself like i'm, I'm a killed prince and be something different and how people took to that so and get into that man sometimes people get sometimes you gotta do that like you gotta leave your old self behind and I don't want to be that no more. And I want to, I want to do this, even though we you know, love the old prince. <laughs> like, we want you. A lot of that was in response to the the beef with the label. But again, a lot of that also was because of people like Mo Austin, who just got out of the way and let 
you know, artists be artists. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying with the original time, he wanted to kill himself sort of off. It wasn't in, it had nothing to do with no label thing. He was sort of like, my mindset was, I, I don't want to be that. You know, like when the love sexy, I don't want to be that. I'm going to give you the nasty stuff first, and then I'm done with that. Um, I'm curious if that album had been more successful, would he have stayed with that and be like, yeah, I really am not doing no print shit no more. But... I don't know if we would have accepted that back then either. But it's interesting well, that he, kept re- he, re- he kept revisiting that. Go ahead. You, you oh, I was going to say, couldn't it? Like that, you know, like David Bowie did it back, you know, way back. He said, look, I'm not doing a Ziggy Stardust anymore. We're going to hear it. Buy the record. You know, so it's not unusual. Mm. I was saying, couldn't it be argued that he reinvented himself with every new album release? Because he had a different look for each album. Different look, but not always a different outlook, though. Right? Mm, I see. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a, a considerable, yeah, I'm not cussing, or yeah, I'm not, I'm speaking on spiritual shit. I don't want to speak about that, what I call dirty, or even then the second time he did it, you know, no more cussing. And, you know, not so it's not just the presentation to the public, it's even the internal behind the scenes. My man, there's a, there's a square jar right there. You ain't talking like that around me no more. <laughs> You know what yep. I'm saying, or <clears throat> or running up on uh, you know obviously there's some spiritual religion type stuff that falls into that as well. But I just find it interesting. We will get into it. But uh, with that said, Chloe, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at little underscore miss cc or on my Instagram at Chloe dot Calvin or my website www.chloecalvin.com. Mr. Quentin. Well, you can find me on Instagram under Q.J. That's Q, D-O-T-J. And Facebook, you can find me through any of the gentlemen and lady on the panel under Quentin Jones. All right, Mr. Ampu. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ampu. And next week, and I'm going to send an invitation to you, Quentin, uh, some lucky people will be at the uh, EA offices. We got a nice little event we doing with Nerd Soul, getting some uh, black geeks together for his one thousandth video. Nice. All right, huh? Yes. Well, we can uh, bum rush the Anthem offices. <laughs> no, they ain't there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you up to start trouble. See, this is why we can't get together. Uh, Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. I can be found on Twitter under WSE Mark, Facebook, Mark Wiggins, Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2, and hopefully at a Cardi B concert. Hilarious. <laughs> I just saw what the, that's why she that's why she's hitting. That's why she's hitting. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Say that again. I said I wish I was hitting. <laughs> hey, you got enough money. That's why they clown the hell out offset. Mm, mm, mm. Our people. Um, Any, anyway. <laughs> uh, please go to our website, podcastjuice.net. Get your t-shirts. We got our t-shirts. Uh, we got our uh, Prince, a podcast on Prince t-shirts. Be clear of my wording here. Um, also, our working like a job t-shirts. I've been seeing that shirt showing up out there. Shout out to Prince's friend. He's been wearing that in a couple of his episodes. And shout out to uh, Lenny. Uh, rocking our gear, people's people's getting our stuff out there, so we love it. Actually, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some 
yes to Minneapolis. So yes, uh, yes, please. Yes, I will. I will be doing that. So you can maybe buy them off me. Get them direct from the sauce. Um, get your mm-hmm. shirt and hold it down. I see you went all Billy on there. You said buy them off. <laughs> <laughs> Business, huh? Hey. Business. <laughs> I'm not balling. I don't get them free. But, uh, Can I order a pink T-shirt or is it all purple and black and no, blue? No, no. We got, we, we, we'll make some. Right, we got some other colors. So Sweet. We, can, we can hook that up. Man, sorry. It's a stereotypical pink. for. But hey. I like pink because it's my shade. Have it your way. <laughs> all right but with that yeah so definitely go on the website podcastjuice.net slash gear and uh get your stuff there also check us out on uh check out muse to the pharaoh kinesa um also uh god i am just blanking out well, work it like a job work it like a job we will have a new episode uh if you are listening to this go check the feed because there's going to be one with scotty baldwin i'm going to upload uh, that should be uploaded now. So definitely go and check that out. That's a really good one. Um, and with that said, yo, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>